Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. TheAuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, PodcastTheBS.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com fall is right around the corner and the leaves will begin to well fall nobody likes the hassle of cleaning out those gutters that's where inspect all pest services comes in they do gutter cleaning gutter toppers to keep those gutters clean year-round and full gutter replacement in addition to gutters they also do pressure washing to keep your house and driveway looking brand new inspect all pest services call them today 770-483-2420 770-483-2420 mention the bs receive 10 percent off your gutter or pressure washing needs <laughs> want to come to a party the bailey show podcast presents podcast and pours to Halliversary, Saturday, October 29th, starting after the UGA game at Tannery Row in Beaufort, Georgia. Live music from The Verb Pipe. I won't be held responsible. Also, the all-veteran band, Distinct Grace, a live DJ, a live recording of the BS, and two Halloween costume contests, totaling $1,000 in cash prizes. Dollar Store. Less is more. Halloween costume contest. $40 early bird ticket price while they last. And $100 for VIP, which includes free food and a drink. Join everyone from the BS Network as we celebrate Halloween, the one-year anniversary of the podcast, and Bailey getting fired. That's what's up! More details and to purchase tickets, go to podcastthebs.com. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. <laughs> it's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, there it is. Believe it or not, episode 100 
episode 100. Well, hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissor Studio, sponsored by Watkins Law Firm. Trial litigation attorney, personal injury, wrongful death, contracts, transactions, landlord, tenant disputes, you name it. Tyler Watkins is the man. WatkinsLawFirm.LLC. 770-648-4009. Also, Tyler will be in the Haunted Vendor Village at her upcoming podcast in Pours 2 Halliversary, Saturday, October 29th at Tannery Row, along with some other great sponsors where you can stop by their table. More on that here in just a minute. No, Nader Tater, Vader the Masturbator. He gets back into uh, another country today, I believe. <laughs> he went from Greece. He went from Mexico to the United States, to Greece, to Egypt, back to Mexico. Uh, but he will be here at the end of this month for Podcast and Pours, too. There is B-Man, Brandon Thrasher of B-Man Services. How are Hey there, how's it going? Good. How are you? It's right. Is that, that's right. B Man Services. No, Thrasher Services. Thrasher Services. I always yeah. forget the uh-huh. th- Thrasher. Did, hmm? did they? Did, does uh, Mexico not have enough planes to fly straight there to Europe area? I don't think that would be how you would word that question. <laughs> I think you would word the question of Does Mexico not have a big enough airport near? where Nate flies out of to house a plane that could carry that much fuel to get them to Greece. That's how you yeah, would probably just, word that. Not do they have big enough airplanes? I just used less words, but got the same point across. No, no. I knew <laughs> what you were saying. Cause I've over the time that we've spent together, learned how to speak dumb, but <laughs> th- yeah, that's that didn't know. If you were to talk to someone else, they'd be like, huh, what, huh, what are you talking about? Uh, no, I, well, Nate, here's what Nate does. Nate always goes for the cheap airfare. Yeah. So it, if it takes him 48 hours to travel one hour, he's going to do it. If it's going to save him $75, <laughs> That's just how he is like, he's the, che- he's cheap, but you can't, it's like, you can't beat him up for it. Right. It's like, he's cause he somehow finds a way to defend it and it makes sense. You know, anytime that I say I do one of these things, I'm cheap. I'm like, oh, I say, no, I'm frugal. Oh, you cheap motherfucker. Dude, I've got a buddy that spends, like, will travel an extra day and a half just so he can save $50. What are you talking about? That's smart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the lead singer of Distinct Grace performing at Podcast Imports 2 with the Verve Pipe. It'll be opening up for the Verve Pipe. It is Chuck Lunsford. Hello, Chucky. Hey, man, I'm happy to be a part of podcasting history. 100 episodes. Yeah, you know, it makes me sad that Nate's not here for this episode. It really does. I mean, 100 episodes is cool, right? I mean, that's like, that's that's something to be proud of. That's yeah, we could just call it 99 part two until Nate got back. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the century mark. This is the century mark. <laughs> you want to you wanna redo this? <laughs> like, we go, la, 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 la. Uh, this is 99.4. <laughs> We're not going to do it. No, this uh, the 100 episodes. I, I remember... I remember the first episode that we did. Well, it's all started. You know, that's that's part of Podcast Imports too. Is the one year anniversary of the podcast, along with celebrating Halloween, and of course, this podcast exists because I got fired from radio. Um, which, truth be told, this was all kind of part of a plan. 
Like, I knew my contract was not going to... They told me that the three years wasn't going to work out, wasn't going to last. I just didn't know how long it was going to go. I think the pandemic actually bought me some time. And so I prepared myself because I knew I'd, I didn't want to leave Georgia. I couldn't leave Georgia. Not that I didn't want it. I just couldn't because my daughter's here. I'm not taking her out of high school or senior year. Just not happening. I've, I've, I've been taken out of grades before. I've been moved around. And yes, it all worked out. But I just remember that initial feeling. And it doesn't work out for everybody all the time. And she's in a really good place. And I was like, we don't ha- I don't have to go back to terrestrial radio uh, right now. Forever, to be honest with you, but definitely not right now. I'm going to stay here for my daughter, and that was the whole purpose. That was also part of why I got fired, because they found out that I auditioned for a radio station in Los Angeles, which is kind of fucked up, because my daughter doesn't want to go there anymore. <laughs> and two, you know, my my agent kind of like, like, like hey, go ahead and do it, you know, like, <laughs> okay. Anyway, so either way, that's it's fine. But uh, but you know, I built the studio in the pandemic, the Golden Scissors Studio. Built that here. Uh, people at the time thought I did it to to for the radio show. That was not the, the case at all. I built it for life after the radio show. That's that's the whole purpose on why I built this thing uh, almost two years ago. And so now we're at episode one. I remember when Nate and I, like when I got fired, Nate was one of the first people I, I called, I talked to, and we had already talked, you know, you guys, Brandon and Nate and Nikki and everybody and Brandy all thought I was paranoid saying, ah, oh, you're just crazy. And I was like, dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> I've seen, I know the signs. I know the feeling. I know the vibes. It's happening. It's going to happen sooner than later. And so it was. It was an odd morning. I remember that because you came in and you sat down in the phone room and talked to me for a little bit and you never did that. So I was like, what is he doing? This is, this is odd. He's coming in and talking to me before the show. I just knew we talked about TikTok. Yeah. I just knew, I just knew something was going to happen. I just had a feeling, not necessarily that day. I mean, I knew when I got the text at the end of the show that that's what was happening, but um, I I just knew something was about to happen. Like I was having those feelings, those dreams uh, and they weren't nightmares. They were dreams you know, the days leading up to it. So it's just whatever it is. I, I know you've, uh, you, you were always a, uh, a huge supporter of veterans charities and I'd always, for years I'd reach out to Jason and I'd be like, Hey man, we're doing this event. Are you good? He's like, yeah, man, whatever you need, whatever you need, you know, just give me a microphone. We'll do our thing. And I called you like weeks before you got fired. And I was like, Hey, we're doing X show, whatever this event. And Jason was like, eh. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's weird. And then everything came out and I'm like, oh, he saw it coming. Yeah. I didn't want to promise, you know, something and then, <laughs> and then not be able to deliver from the radio side of things. But I just had a feeling I, I did, you know, I mean, anytime you've ever asked me to do anything for your charities, I've always done. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I was like, I'm not going to be able to follow through with this one. And, and the, the idea was originally that when I got fired, I was going to do a road trip to Los Angeles uh, cross-country road trip. That's what I've always wanted to do. I had it mapped out and everything because I want to take the drive from L.A. into Vegas at sunset. That's like on my bucket list. I want to take the drive from L.A. to Vegas, that, sh- that desert strip. Have you done that before? Many times. Really? Yeah, I lived in Palmdale. So, you know, we'd, on a Friday afternoon after work, we'd drive the three hours to Vegas. And, I mean, it's desolate. I mean, it's crazy. You think L.A. to Vegas, it's going to be crazy, whatever. You're talking two-lane highway, four-lane highways in some parts, but, man, it's awesome. 
It's like it's like off for the hangover, you know. You just yeah having a having a good time driving there. It's never as much fun driving back, but driving there because you don't find eighty thousand dollars in chips under no. the seats. <laughs> no, you do not. <laughs> Black Doug left us eighty thousand dollars in chips. <laughs> That's pretty cool. What do you do if you break down? Um, well, I mean, there's other cars. You know, they're coming through quite often, especially on a Friday. But that's um, when they kill you. They could. They could. I was usually rolling somewhat deep. You know, you got three or four dudes, mm-hmm. all with high aspirations and dreams, mm-hmm. you know. and but that are about to be crushed. That are just going to be crushed within the first hour you're there. Then you spend the next three days at the Luxor pool mm-hmm. trying to find half-drinking Alcoholic beverages that are left there the by Luxor. people. That's where you, that was your go-to, the Luxor. <laughs> I was I was 21 years old. Hell yeah, it was my go-to. It was either that or Circus Circus, and I told Oof. you that place gives me nightmares. So And, and STDs. Exactly. <laughs> gives you a lot of different things. So that was the uh, original idea was was to do that. And then I was like, you know what? I, I, need to get, I need to go back to work immediately. Like People question that. They're like, you don't have to get up at 3.30 in the morning anymore. I mean, I was still getting up at like four months afterwards just because that's how my my body was programmed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I needed to work. I needed some kind of regimen in my life. So the idea when we first started the podcast is definitely not what it is right now. Because when we first started it was, you know, Brandon reaches out to me and he's like, dude, I can't take it anymore. Uh, This show sucks. They're assholes. The new guy in charge is a fuck, you know, and it's like, can I come work for you? And I was like, well, it's kind of a conflict of interest. We have to get it cleared by them. So I had my agent go to the management and say, you know, hey, look, he doesn't want to work there. He wants to go work for Jason. He was like, yeah, fuck him. So they didn't think much of Brandon. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> they were like, who, Brandon who? Yeah, they're, they're, uh, Thrasher. Oh, Bunga. Back we're, there. We're paying that guy. I'm going to have to get back to you on who that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have our janitor. Like, we give a shit. <laughs> so because Brandon was a Bailey guy, you know, I mean, Nikki was a Bailey girl. Um, they're, they're not going to keep them in that regime, which I totally understand. You know, if you don't trust yeah. the person in the room, I, I, I wouldn't either. They told me that day one, they're like, you're a Bailey hire. So you're gonna have to work extra hard to stay here if you want. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're I, I'm working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This coming from people that don't know what work is <laughs> that have zero creativity and zero work ethic are telling you, you have to work harder, which means that they just want you to do all the work and kiss their ass. But even Nikki did all the work and they didn't want it because they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't they don't they didn't know how to do a show, which they found out quickly. That's why they got bumped out of it for a show that's consistently staying in 17th place. If you know, we go I'm sorry, it goes back and forth from 16th, 17th to 22nd, uh, since it's it's been in existence. And their show's not doing much better, mind you. Uh, so you know, that's what happens when you have people that don't work, don't know how to work don't want to work and have that old school radio mentality where I'll just show up and do a show because I'm just so good at conversation and people love me. That's not what you, you got to plan it, man. I'm not saying script it, but you got to know where you're going. Yeah. I mean, you don't it, go to the airport and just say, let's go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you, beforehand you go online, you buy your tickets cause you know where you're going to go and you even book a room at said location, right? It's yeah, okay to plan a little bit. It definitely reflects when you're listening to people. And, and you know, even with this podcast, you know, I mean, I've, I've never done podcasting. Now I've been asked to do the 100th podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> big I mean, deal. Huge. I told you, give me three, give me four. 
I'll master this thing. Yeah. But anyway, it, it reflects. If people don't have that chemistry or they just don't have the ability to educate, you know, give an educative discussion and, uh, you know, there's a lot of awkward pauses or just a lot of, you know, catchphrases. Because everybody's trying to figure out what to say to be entertaining. And they'll walk away and justify it. Radio people do this like, yeah, it's the best show ever. You know, this is the be- <laughs> I'm the best. I'm the-, I'm the total opposite. I was my worst, own worst critic where I'd walk away from a show and go, God, this fucking sucked. What could I have done differently? Oh, I know I can't control that, but Jesus Christ, what a shitty show. You know, and I'd go and I'd take a nap and I'd forget about it and I'd wake up and do something to take my mind off of it. And then I'd come back the next day and be like, okay, I got I to gotta make this show double as good because yesterday sucked. You know, the, the David Letterman theory on doing shows is he would do five shows a week he would record Monday through Thursday in the in the you know mid afternoon. I think it was one two o'clock. He started recording. I went to one of his recordings, and he always said that you got to have one good show, like really good show, or you can have one really good show. You can have one not so great show, and then the other three shows have to be decent. He's like, if you can do that every week, then you've got something. I was like, okay, well, it kind of gives you an out to have a fuck up show like, during the week. I was like, I'm not a fan of that. So I was under the, my theory was there's no reason why not to have a great show every day. Yeah. There's just no reason you, you, you have, you have all this time to, to, to plan about it, Think about what you're going to talk about. Think about what you're going to say. It's just a matter if you want to do it or not and put in the effort. Uh, and you need everybody to put in a hundred percent effort, which they don't. But the original, the original idea for the podcast was, to have this workflow of we record so many days out of the week and then the other days we brainstorm and prep and come up with ideas and some social media stuff. And that's where Brandon was supposed to come in. Well, that lasted for maybe 10 minutes. And he was like, go fuck yourself. I'm not driving over your house anymore. And he's... <laughs> if I was spending three hours, four hours a day driving because we'd, we'd record from 10 to 2 and then I'd get off at 2 and it'd take me two hours to get through Atlanta. And I'd be I like, feel your pain, Brandon. All this time. I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel your pain. And then so he's been on this constant decline ever since. <laughs> degenerative, now, degenerative work schedule. Yeah. Uh, so now my my I do that work schedule. So Monday and Wednesday, you know, I'm in the lab mm-hmm. putting shit together, booking guests, mm-hmm. trying to get sponsors, you know, which is the hardest part of this, by the way, to, to, to find new sponsors because the ones that don't get it, which there are a lot of them out there, you try explaining podcasting to somebody that's in their mid fifties that's just maybe got dial up mm-hmm. and, 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 and understand how beneficial this is going to be to them for their money. It's, it's a tough sell. It really is a tough sell. Radio is already there, right? Cause you're like, especially if you know the name of the personality or the personalities on the station, you're like, okay, not a problem. This will work because you're a radio station and mm-hmm. th- you've got these people working there. When you're in the podcast where you're like, who the fuck listens to podcasts? Like, well, a lot of people listen to podcasts. How many people listen to your podcast? We've got a pretty good audience and it's growing. You know, every week I see the numbers getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Again, because of you guys that share our content. Um, and I'm seeing more and more of that. But if you guys stop doing that, I mean, I share it all the time within our network and my my personal network. But if you guys don't share our content within your network, um, then well, I should just quit now because it's it's pointless. That's the only way to get a bigger audience. I share everything. 
I know you do. You do a good job. Brandon does not. Brandon might share his Clueless 2 stuff, but he doesn't give a fuck about the rest of us. Unbelievable. <laughs> I've been sharing other stuff. Yeah. I've been sharing the podcast and, or, yeah, podcast and force too. I haven't seen you share that once. I haven't seen actually anyone on the network outside of Chuck, and you are part of the network now. I, I, you're, it's, you're on the 100th episode. We're getting below. I mean, honestly, I don't know what you did with your marketing. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I every time I get on social media, it says sponsored, and it's podcasting pours. Like, it's blowing me up. So I'm going... I, you know, I don't really want to overwhelm people. And then they're like, dude, really? I get it. I'll be there, you know? So forgive me, but you did a great job at marketing, man. All I did was boost it. And I did a target audience of Chuck Lunsford. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm over here like, Jesus, Jason spent a lot of money on marketing. My no. wife's like, what are you talking about? No, I spent $4 a day for 32 days. And my target audience is hashtag Charles Lunsford. I don't understand. Like we, we, we shared our event that's happening on that Tuesday. And it says like, who likes it? And I've got three likes. Mm-hmm. And this thing's been sponsored for like two weeks. And I'm over here like, are those the only people that like it? Or is it only showing me my friends that like it? No, those are the only people that like it. it sucks. <laughs> One of them's my wife. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'll make you feel better. Sometimes I'll post things and the only likes I'll get are from my other pages of me. <laughs> You're sharing it to yourself, tagging yourself. Like, Jason, you got to check this out. <laughs> so, you know, cause I'll go on my different social media platforms, you know, and I've got a bunch of them, right? So I go on a different one and it'll always pop up in my feed and I always forget if I like it or not. <laughs> Or if I shared it or not. So then I'll go back to my feed and be like, oh, fuck, I shared that like four times today. <laughs> That's not good social media. <laughs> That's actually horrible. <laughs> uh, but everything has worked out. I mean, it's working out. You know, now what, who knows what next year will bring. Uh, hopefully we'll get some more sponsors. Hopefully our great sponsors that are with us right now will continue to uh to sponsor the the project um i think they're 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 getting a good roi which is you know what my job is to make sure you guys know about said people and go out there and hopefully some of these uh newer sponsors that will be in the haunted vendor village at podcast and pours we'll see how great our community is our network is of the two percenters and say hey i want to jump on board you know and, and actually sponsor the show uh, because we have some some people that aren't on the podcast but will be there uh, and they'll have a table in the haunted vendor village like georgia hemp company inspect all pest services they're a huge sponsor of the show i can't thank those guys enough hobo fire is a new name uh, and uh, Watkins Law Firm. He's doing some rebranding. So Tyler Watkins sponsors the Golden Scissor Studio, but he's also going to have a table there, the Haunted Vendor Village. And My Karma Creations, which is a very, very cool business. It's um, family run, you know, I mean, right out of their house, but they do custom tumblers, you know, for you. They'll have some BS tumblers out there if you want to buy them. She's going to do uh, a few of those. So all those, you know, those things add up, right? Those things are cool. And I think to the rest of the, the, at least in my network, to other people in the business, when they see what we're doing, I don't know if jealousy is the right word because jealousy has kind of got a negative connotation, but they, they look at what we're doing. I'm not going to say what I'm doing, but what we're doing and they appreciate it. They're like, wow, this radio guy actually, you know, pulled off this podcast thing and it's successful. He's been doing it for now, you know, a year, 100 episodes, more than a year. But as far as in this, 
you know, the network thing that's been here. Hi, puppies. All the puppies are down here. All right, bye. You going to work? All right, bye. Go sell a house. Okay. You're going to just leave the door open. Okay. I like your Tumblr, Rachel. See, that's all part of live podcasting. The wife comes down to the studio, and I forget to turn on my on-air lights. Not that that ever matters. <laughs> Nobody ever pays attention. The dogs come Walk right, right by it. it. Just, you know, that's, that's, part of, that's, part, that's part of the experience, though, right? You know, it's like dude's doing a podcast in his basement. He's got family and dogs and Amazon people and all kinds of shit going on. They love you, chick. <laughs> I guess. They love you. All right, so uh, it is 100 episodes. Thanks for getting us to 100 episodes. Over a half a million downloads slash plays later. Uh, it's it's definitely, I'm chalking this up as it's been a very successful year. And so thank you for the support, and I hope you continue to support us. I hope you continue to subscribe to the, you know, premium 2%er episodes uh, to get more subscribers. Whenever I get a subscriber, I'm like, that person, they get it. They, that's cool. They're supporting what we're doing. And, you know, you get the commercial-free episodes, and you get them early, and you get the extra episodes, the bonus episodes, and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, with that being said, Podcast and Pours 2, hope to see you out there. Verve Pipe, headlining, very excited about the Verve Pipe. Uh, you got Distinct Grace, they're performing, great band, Chuck's band is amazing. You'll really like them if you've never seen them before. We'll have a DJ. We'll have uh, a live recording of this show out there. We'll have a special recording of that if you get there early. Everything is going to start right after the UGA Florida game, which you can go early and watch for free at Tannery Row is where we're having this in Beaufort. And all the information is on our Facebook page on podcastbs.com. You can purchase tickets there, VIP tickets. Like I said, over half sold out of VIP tickets. So that's done. I've got maybe one or two more spots for sponsors. And then I'm going to cut it off. I don't want too many in that area. So I've got like one or two spots of sponsors, uh, if anyone's interested. And all that there. Oh, here's an update for you. The little guy, right? The, I don't want to use the M word. <laughs> you know, want me to use it? No, I don't want anybody to use it. <laughs> Brandon's like... <laughs> Uh, the, the little the little person, that's part of the little person wrestling tour out of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. They go to Tannery Row. They were just there the other the other day. They're they're doing. They pack that place in, and they sell the tickets themselves. Tannery Row has nothing to do with it. I didn't know that, but like the lead dude, um, he doesn't wrestle anymore because I think of age and injuries. So he's kind of like the ring announcer, but he also performs. And he does not only Metallica. I thought he just did Metallica. It sounds just like James Hetfield, right? But he also does, uh, he's, he's a great singer. And uh, Mike Neal from over Tannery Row, who I'm working with on this, Mike's great, sent me some video the other night. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, are we going to be able to get him? He's like, I asked him. I got, the, I got the email in. So the request has been put in. He might be joining you on stage. Oh, we've already, yeah. We've already been working on the uh, Metallica. I think, um Inner Sandman is where we're rolling, but That's, he can do other things. I just need to know his where, where where what's his sweet spot. You know what I mean? Like if we're gonna do about three foot ten. <laughs> 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 okay. 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 Um, you know Metallica, ACDC, Guns N' Roses. I mean, if you have the voice that you can pull off Metallica, 
because um, you know we're doing some new stuff this time. You know, we're, we're not just going to do originals. People want to get there. They want to be able to sing along. I think we're we've added some Kiss to the set list. Um, things like that. I'm watching the video right now. Mm-hmm. That's him. Is that very superstitious? There is uh, superstition. Yeah, Stevie Wonder. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we can do that. He can do anything. You know. So he might be there. All right. Big sell on the podcast and pours too. What are you laughing at, Brandon? Just, Are you going to be mature enough to be around a little person? I don't know. That's what I'm thinking about. I just see him on stage right now. So I was I, the <laughs> best. Image is funny. The best. The best thing. I uh, I've never been intrigued by um, little people. Um, one of my friends is very intrigued, and we were out in a public location, and there was a couple that were little people, and my buddy got really really quiet, and he started following them around. I think we we're at a zoo or something. I said, "What's wrong with you, man?" He goes. <laughs> It's just so damn intriguing. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I just can't. I'm fascinated. And I'm like, I, what? So maybe- Would you do that with any other human being? <laughs> no. No. Like, you couldn't try, You couldn't follow, like, an albino person. And be like, <laughs> just so, it's amazing. It's, like, I've just never, whoa. It's just, oh. You know, I guess people, like, from the Midwest that have never seen a black guy before they're very intrigued, you know, mm-hmm. cause there are a lot of people that just grew up in white communities and, and just never been around people of color. And when they see him for the first time, I'm going to follow this person. He's from Montana. <laughs> what, 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 where did they go? What did they do? <laughs> you know, and vice versa, people of color that have never been around white people. They just hear the stories like North Korea, like the white guy's the monster, you know, like, Ooh, oh, look at that guy. Yeah. Well, he does weird things. Why is he spending so much money on coffee in the morning? God, he's fucking white. He's doing weird shit. Uh, eating so much trail mix. What the fuck? I guess that must be a white thing to do. Uh, I ripped that joke. Nikki D sent uh, tagged me on a video of a black comedian. Goes stereotyping's bad. It's really bad, but this one, pff, it's spot on. And I've done the research. White people love trail mix because <laughs> she knows how much I love trail mix. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. And you know what? And now I'm into trail mix and it's not a black thing to do because black people like things with salt, not nutrients and vitamins and minerals and all that stuff. It's very, very weird. But these white people are just gobbling that trail mix down. <laughs> Pretty funny bit. Anyway, uh, so today uh, I'm traveling. No, I'm sorry. Tomorrow, yeah, we're not leaving till tomorrow. Tomorrow, after my daughter has this parade to do, it's like youth day parade for cheer, you know, cheerleaders got to be out there and stuff. Uh, I'm going down to Florida. And this is the weekend that I'm going to see my mother. And I think this is a bad weekend to go. Because of the storm? Yeah. So, uh, good question. <laughs> Where she's at, they didn't get hit barely at all. You know, they didn't oh, okay. lose power. They, they, there's not much. The problem is, is Central Florida did get hit pretty good with flooding. And I have to take, because one of the main reasons I'm going down there is to get a piece of furniture that belonged to my grandmother, who, as most of you know, is my rock uh, when she was alive. And my mother reached out to me because she's having some health issues and a surgery, which I think is a bigger deal than what she's led on to. And so I figured after all this time, which would uh, be 15, 17 years, I haven't seen her. So it's been about about 17 years, give or take. 
I was like, enough. We'll do it. So I'm taking my wife, my daughter, and the dogs. We got an Airbnb, and we're going down to see uh, and get this stuff. But one of the things is this dresser. That was my grandmother's. It's not got no value as far as monetary value. It's not worth anything. But to me, it's it's valuable because it was my grandmother's. I remember it. And I just don't want it to be thrown away or go to waste or whatever it may be. I can't bring this back in my truck. I've only, I only have a six-foot bed, and I know this thing's bigger than that. So I'm going to have to take it from where my mother lives. It's like northeast central Florida into Kissimmee, which is out by Disney, to my sister-in-law's house and put it in there. I don't know if the flooding has receded in her neighborhood or not. So that, that might be an issue. Hopefully, I think by I think by tomorrow and by the time we get down there, which will actually be Sunday when or Monday when we bring it over, everything should be fine. I think we'll be okay. I'm a little confused how you can't fit it in the back of your truck. I mean, can't you just lower the tailgate and strap it in? Yeah, but I'll have, I'll have luggage and all kinds of stuff in the back. Mm. He doesn't know how to use his truck. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know how to use my I, I don't want to have my tailgate down to drive eight hours with all my luggage and stuff in the back. Well, put it in your back seat. Hey, you know, there's only three of you in there. And four dogs. You're taking they all just the came, dogs, too. I just said that. Pay attention. <laughs> They're like little that. dogs. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They take up. We've got <laughs> beds to put in the back for them to snooze. How many suitcases are you bringing? We'll probably have three suitcases for three people. And then a dog bag. So I think. How, so how are you going to get the dresser then? But I just explained it. Are you both stupid? No, you said you didn't say. Well, how, you said I can't put it in my truck. And then, I can't bring it back in my truck. Oh, but you're going to take it to your sister in law's in your truck. Yes, I'll, oh. I'll, I'll keep the bed down and oh. I'll strap it in and I'll take it to my sister. in That's what we were getting at. No, that's what you might have been getting at. Not that what he was getting at. <laughs> I know for a fact that's not what Brandon was getting at. Okay, you can probably fit luggage on the side. No, I wouldn't drive eight hours with my tailgate down. Thank you. But I thought I he, would. he wouldn't take it to his sister-in-law's with a tail. And I'm like, dude. No. I mean, I've I've had stuff dangling off the back of my truck, mm. and I've had friends walking behind my truck yeah. through the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how you use a truck. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. yeah. You, all right. I put a super pallet of mulch on my truck where it was wibbly-wobbly <laughs> as I was driving back. I know how to use my truck. Tires were rubbing on the wheel walls. <laughs> I, know, I know how to use my truck, but I'm not driving back with my tailgate down and then, you know, stuff falling out and losing luggage and all that kind of stuff. You could just put all your clothes in the dresser. <laughs> now you're thinking. But but still, I would have, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> just, take <it laughs> just take it in bags and then fill the dresser when it's in your truck. And then now you just have a dresser full of clothes. Which helps weigh it down. Thanks for explaining how that would work out. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> that, that, that's actually a pretty damn good idea. I'll mull. All right. Let me know if you need help. No, I'll mull over that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so I reached out to my brother. Okay. And this is not my new brother. It's my old brother. When you grew up with? Yeah. And I haven't spoken to him in, I want to say, seven years. Six years? Six years, maybe? And the last time, and I forgot about this, but the last time I spoke to him, he called me. And we would talk periodically. I mean, we weren't talking every day or even talking every week, but we would talk periodically. And, and it was fine. It was cool. Um, but he called me and asked me for money. And I said no. 
So, actually, you know what? Uh, this was actually not that long ago. This was probably more like three years ago. And I said, no, I wasn't going to loan him the money because I've learned my lesson. Anybody in my family, I'm not loaning anything to. No money, zero, zippo. It's just not worth it. And so uh, I never heard from him again. He was pissed. He was mad at me, I guess. I'm assuming. So I texted him the other day, and I said, uh, hey, did mom reach out to you? And his reply was, anyone want to guess? Um, did you make a decision if you're going to loan me the money or not? <laughs> no. <laughs> Brandon? Uh, F that bitch. No. Who's this? No. <laughs> <laughs> you got deleted. <laughs> I swear to God, true story. He says, he goes, who's this? Which, by the way, when somebody texts that to me, it infuriates me. <laughs> like, there has to be a better way to reply to a text of, you know, like things happen. I get it. You lose your phone, you lose your contacts. What I understand some people it's like it happens more often than others. And for whatever reason, but there has to be a softer way to ask someone who it is. Mm-hmm. I've seen it done. Well, like somebody will say, Hey, sorry, lost all the contacts in my phone. And I, unfortunately don't have yours. Can you remind me who this is again? You know, it's a little lengthy, but it's nice. <laughs> Versus just saying, who's this? <laughs> like when people respond with one word answers, drive me nuts too. No. Nikki D does that. No. She's horrible on the phone too. You call up Nikki D. What? <laughs> hey, Nikki, you know, when you're doing that thing, could you, would you mind if you, would you just do it this way? It would help out uh, uh, tremendously. No. <laughs> 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 This is like one word grunt, so that hurt. She, she always sounds like she's on a roller coaster, too. She's got like keys dangling and everything, and there's a bunch of wind every time I call her. <laughs> Brandon! <laughs> no! Uh, so, so, who's this? And I'm like, all right, well, I can either be a, you know, pissed off. I'm like, okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Got a new phone, whatever. He's one of those types of people. So it's like, it's your brother. And then he responded with, oh, shit. I don't have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. That's funny, though. My brother passed away two years ago. <laughs> my, my brother died three years ago when he wouldn't lend me money. <laughs> died of a broken heart. Uh, it's, uh, then, he, then he answers my questions. He, she sent me a cryptic message about her having heart surgery. And I wrote back, like, I'm not getting anything. Like, <laughs> you did the exact same thing that pisses you off. I can see it. Well, I did. And I did one it on purpose. Word I did it on purpose. But see, this isn't a real one-word answer. This is a softened one-word answer. I reply with, yeah. <laughs> there, t- let's be honest. There's a difference be- between replying with yeah or nah versus yes or no, right? Uh, no, not really. No, I don't I mean, think so. No, no, no. The, the like, if somebody says, like, if you ask somebody a question, you you say, Jason, can I use your bathroom? I go, no. You'd be like, oh, what an asshole. Versus me going, nah. That's even worse. <laughs> like, dick, I'm already crapping my pants, and he's over here like, nah. <laughs> no, I think they're they're both the exact same. Okay, well, I disagree. <laughs> And so he replies with, I'm confused. What about? Which I don't understand. And I, so then I reply with, what about what? 
this is going. This is not going the way that I expected it to go at all. And it, it, it didn't have to get here, but he's doing this on purpose. I know he's doing this on purpose. <laughs> and so I played the game with him because I'm smarter than him. And uh, he goes, you just wanted to know if she messaged me about it, which is not good sentence structure at all, by the way. So I reply back with, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a minute. There, there was like, there was, there was a good time between those, that, res- the, that, that, those two responses. And he goes, oh, okay. And that was the last of our texting. He didn't say K though. <laughs> K is worse. No, I disagree. Like a bunch of K's are not three of them, <laughs> but a bunch of K's are good. Like I like the b- bunch of K's or a bunch of laughy faces. It means you put some time into it. But like, you know, I was asking him, like, are we on the same page here? What are you going to do? I mean, you have to know what I'm fucking asking. I don't know. I really didn't understand what you were asking. What do you mean you didn't understand? It was a confusing back and forth. I think your anger got in the way and you kind of lost your message. No, the message, the message got lost, but not because of me. (laughs) It was because of him. Like if you have a brother, I have a sister, you have a sister. Okay. So God forbid, uh, Let's just say you and your sister are strange. You're, 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 something's going on. You haven't talked in a while. And God forbid something happens to either your mother or your father, and they have to go in for surgery, who are wonderful, wonderful people, I might add. And, uh, and, you, and you, like, you reach out to your sister, and you're like, you see your dad's going in for surgery. You like, hey, did mom reach out to you? You, know, you hadn't talked to her in a while. It, it's an olive branch. Mm-hmm. She, you have to know it's an olive branch. She, and, and if she just, she, she, I know I would reply with, yeah, she reached out to me about her surgery and wants to and like tell the story. And this is what I'm planning on doing. What about you? You know, that's how he should have replied. Okay. And he knows goddamn well that's how he should have replied. Well, he replied with who's this, which is kind of funny. Well, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he has his number saved. Because I do that to some people just to piss them off. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, Brandon Thrasher. Who's this? <laughs> oh, so you think you think he 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 had my number? I think he was poking the bear. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he thought, well, all right, you haven't talked in this long. You didn't loan me all that money I asked for. So, who's this? Because that's my fault. <laughs> that's that's my fault that my entire life you've never paid any of us back. Like I'm still waiting for my twenty dollars from when I was in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that twenty. It was twenty dollars in coins that I loaned him because he needed money. And he was like, I'll pay you back. You never pay me back. I'll never forget that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't forget shit. Man. I keep that. Sh- so, like, you know, whatever. You got to ask him if he's going down or he's just going to leave it with the, oh, okay. No, he's done. He's dead to me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. This is, this is why I don't talk to my family is because of shit like that. Like, there's never a point in my life that, that since I've been familyless that I've had these issues or gotten upset. The only thing that makes me upset was when I would have these conversations with my family. And it, it was like PTSD. Like, I had a flashback. I told Rach this, you know, about the conversation, and she thought it was funny, like, you assholes. <laughs> and, and, and she goes, uh, and, I, and I said to her, I go, this is why I don't talk to them. Them, not him, but just them in, in general. I was like, because there's always this. Like, I don't need this in my life. Nobody needs this in their life. It it was an olive branch. I was reaching out. Uh, I'm not trying to pull the chick move and say read between the lines, but fucking read between the lines. 
You know, you're not that stupid. You, I'm, I'm at, if, if she sent you a text message, okay, now we know who each other is, right? I'm your brother, you're my brother, and we haven't talked to you. Let's put it, uh, okay. So our mother has having some health issues. She's 70 some years old or whatever she is. You know, like she took me to court. I should be the one that's fucking pissed off at her, right? And, and I am, and I still am. But I don't want to talk about that anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't I don't want to bring it up on this trip. If it's being brought up, I don't want to discuss it. I don't want to. It's going to make me uncomfortable. I just want to live out our days to whatever it may be, you know, to the fullest. But as soon as this shit happens, this is what pushes me away. This is the stuff that why families suck because they do this kind of shit. Now, I guess you're supposed to go, well, that's just family. No, I was going to say you should maybe voice that to him. Oh, God. It's way too late for that. Well, in text, obviously. Say, hey, do you remember who this is? Yeah, <laughs> this is you should have came back with, this is why I don't text you or loan you money. Yeah. <laughs> Get it off your chest. Well, I am. This is why I do this. Oh, is this, is this, this is a counseling session? I'm going to write a book called Podcasting is Therapy. <laughs> And, you know, because radio was my therapy, but the, I, I appreciate however many people listen to this stuff, like listen to my stories and the event, but that really that upset me. It made me sad. It did. It made me I sad. See. I can see that. It made me sad. It did. It made me sad. Who's this? What the fuck do you think it is? <laughs> I'm asking about our mother. Who else, would, who else would it be? Classic. <laughs> like who else, like that's the other thing is you got to do process of elimination. We all know how to do that. Like who else would it be? There's nobody else that would text you and ask that question. So at least respond with, Jason? You know, be like, yeah, did you lose my number? Ha, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I, I lost all my contacts. But, like, if you did lose my phone number or lose my contacts, don't you think you'd still want my number in your phone? We didn't know your number, so you couldn't find it. But we're friends on Facebook. He could reach out. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll have to think on that. Yeah. Well, you don't have to think hard. Maybe he doesn't have Messenger. He, he does. Oh. Everybody does. Nobody does not not have it. Does he have your address? The fuck you need my address for? I could send you a letter. Oh. Oh, I'm sure you could find my address. I'm an easy person to find. <laughs> he could order a My Cork Caddy, and I'd send him my <laughs> My address comes in the My Cork Caddy. Everybody that orders a My Cork Caddy, you get my home address. <laughs> well, you probably shouldn't tell people. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's where the headquarters of the Caddy Shack is. It's, it's on the same property. Yeah, <laughs> it's business owned. Oh God! So that's happening this weekend. So he's not showing. I'm, exci- I'm excited. Yeah, it should be you know a good story for when I come back. I'll record while I'm down there, so I'll be able to. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. Well, actually, uh, yeah. So even though I'm going this weekend, we'll record before that. So you'll have to wait till next Friday to get the get the deets. The deets. The deets. Yeah, the deets. Anyway, uh, all right, so before we talk with our guest, I want to do something with you, Chuck. Okay. Not sexually. I am in your basement. Can I watch? Well, Brandon, you can participate. Oh, okay. (laughs) I just get to watch. (laughs) I've known Chuck for a very long time. I consider him a very dear friend. He's a good dude. He served our country and uh, in more ways than one. And um, he does so much for charity and uh, distinct grace for years has done pretty much free gigs and they'll go out and, and, and have numerous charities. One in particular 
that is uh, near and dear to us because of the situation that my wife and daughter had had to go had to had gone through with her husband prior to me dying in, in combat and Ariel's father. Um, and that's kind of how our relationship uh, started up, actually, is that there's one charity in particular that they work with that provides funds for widows of those in the armed forces. Um, but anyway, with that being said, Chuck's got a million different fucking stories. Like, you think I've got stories. This dude has got a million different stories, and they're fucking weird. Like, just, <laughs> you, if you are having drinks with Chuck, when I, like, let's say you're at a podcast in Pours too. Distinct Grace gets off stage. He's a very approachable guy. You go up to Chuck and just go up to him when the verb pipe goes on and say, hey, look, verb pipe's going on in five minutes. Can you tell me a story? He'll tell you a story that'll blow your mind. And it could be like one of these things. So you should probably have the way I'm about to do this ready to go for podcast and pours too. Pick the one that is true. Okay. That's how nutty these stories are. So Brandon, okay. I'm going to give you three kind of little headlines one of the stories is true. Which one do you think is true? Okay. All right. You ready? I can do that. Is it one? Chuck hooked up with a WWE superstar. Okay. Is it two? Chuck wins every bet when he shows his second belly button. Or is it three? Chuck once got Drew Carey detained by the police. Not the band. <laughs> Phil Collins. Brandon? Uh, I'm going to go with number one. You think that Chuck hooked up with a WWE superstar? Yeah. Chuck, without saying the answer, unless it's correct, is that one correct? Is that true? Though close, not true. Who was it that was close? Oh, China. Shut up. She's got a... So yeah, we 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 kissed and stuff, but we didn't do anything else. You kissed China? Yeah. When? Um, it was about a year before she passed. We were on a flight from LA, both sitting in coach, and started talking. And she was awesome. And I said, "What are you doing?" And she said, "I'm going to Inwood, West Virginia, to a strip club for an appearance tonight." And I was like, "I live in Charlestown. That's 20 minutes away." And she's like, "Well, if my publicist isn't here, maybe you can give me a ride." And I'm like, "Hell yes, we're talking." talking whatever i'm joking around making making her give autographs to people that didn't know who she was and then uh at the end we get we got through dulles airport and we go down to the baggage claim and her publicist was there and i was like and she's like i guess this is the end of the road i said i guess it is and then she just like grabbed me and she gave me a kiss on the mouth which i thought with was tongue little, no it oh. was just like a you know a, oh. but that was it so i never got the opportunity but uh that was my well, you kind of hooked up with her. Nah, that's pretty cool i don't know if i'd brag about that rest in peace <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's not so now it's a 50-50 shot. Right, oh god. So is oh, it man. is it Chuck wins every bet when he shows a second belly button or Chuck once got Drew Carey detained by the police? Which one is Oh true? man, I'm uh I'm going to go with the Drew Carey one. Chuck once got Drew Carey detained by the police. Is that it? That is not it. Damn. Damn. I met <laughs> Drew Carey, hung out with him when we were deployed. I was deployed and he went over with the USO and um I did see him one morning at 5 a.m. taking pictures of the sunset in the desert, and I didn't know who he was. So I, re I walked up. I was actually doing a patrol, and uh, I was like, hey, hey. Like, never. And he turned around, and I'm like, holy crap, dude, you're Drew Carey. 
He's like, yeah, man, can I get some photos of you? I was like, yes. Yeah. So we're out there taking photos. I'm letting him hold my gun, which totally is not authorized. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, he Unless was a great federally. guy. But I didn't get him detained. No, that's not true. Yeah, okay. I met him once, too. He was a total asshole. He was nice to me. Uh, well, you had a gun. I'd <laughs> 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 be nice to you, too. So the answer, the correct uh, headline would be, Chuck wins every bet when he shows his second belly button. Okay, so let's start out with a second belly button. Yeah. You have two belly buttons. I, I did not know this about they, you. You can't, I mean, you look close can enough we see? you can tell can we which see? one. Yeah. Okay, do, you have, do you have two moms? <laughs> Holy shit. You've got, he's got, did you see it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got two holes in his belly. That's crazy. <laughs> Is that, is that an actual belly button, or is that like a scar or something? No, it's a scar. Oh. Um, but it looks like a belly button. It, lo- it looks just like a belly button. That's why whenever I, after it happened, I started figuring out, like, I'd go to, like, bars and stuff and be like, you know, hey, I bet you got if free drinks if, you you know, I got two belly buttons. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, no, seriously. And they're like, show me. I'm like, not until you buy me a drink. Well, who's the, du- well, okay, you got to buy a drink to see it, but, yeah. I mean, like, if you go up to somebody at a bar and go, hey, you want to make a bet? <laughs> if I lose, I've got to buy you a drink. If you lose, you got to buy me a drink. Okay, what's the bet? I've got two belly buttons, true or false. <laughs> hey, man, I didn't have a lot of money, and that was one way to make money. Actually, it's kind of a good bit because if they go, oh, you're trying to get me, that's true. You do have two belly buttons. You're like, no, who the fuck has two belly buttons? Now buy me a drink. <laughs> and then, yeah, they just don't show. <laughs> that's that's one of those barroom brawls that you get in because the guy feels stupid in front of his girl. I got one of those in North Carolina um, when I was at Winget. It's like 93 or 94. There was this pool hall because there's nothing else to do. And we go to, and the locals would be there, a bunch of, you know, hills have eyes type folks. And I learned because it I had gotten got on this uh uh, pool table trick and what you do is you take three pool uh pool balls you know the balls and you go to one um what is it uh what is it called on the the, the side of the pool table <laughs> the bumpers no rail. the rail yeah thank you you go to the far rail right like so like where you would be breaking so you go you know far end of the table and you take two of the balls uh and you shove them under the rail you know, so they weren't there. They just kind of stay in place. And then you gently put one ball on top and you'd always put the five ball on top because there's like this lure that the five balls, the heaviest ball in the rack or something. I don't think it's true, but for some reason, everybody's told that. So you're like, yeah. And then you go back to where you would break and you get the cue ball and you go, I'll bet you X amount of dollars or a drink or whatever the case may be uh, handy from your girl that I can hit the five ball before I hit the two balls underneath. Okay. And, and they're like, okay, so obviously they're thinking, you have to jump the ball from where you would hit the cue ball to break the length of the table and knock that five ball off. Mm-hmm. That's what they're thinking. Most people will take the bet. And you I mean they might ask questions of like, okay, so you can't you know, go past this point or blah, 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 or the cue ball, can it hit the ground and all that stuff. You just fucking let them, whatever rules they want to come up with. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bet you $20. Put $20. And this happened uh, numerous times. At one time, the guy fought me. And then you hit the table, the pool table. You pound the table with your fist. And when you do that, the five ball drops down. Mm-hmm. And you gently tap the ball with the cue ball. <laughs> and this guy, without even saying anything, swings the pool cue at my head. <laughs> and I duck. And he misses. And I tackle him. 
And uh, we're like, you know, we're, we're fighting and we're tackling, we're wrestling and stuff. And then my football buddies come over and they help me. And there's a couple punches thrown. And then the guys come over that own the place and kick us all out and stuff. I mean, it wasn't too crazy. Like nobody got <laughs> sliced up or anything like that. But that's a, that's a good barroom trick. <laughs> but I'll never forget, like I hit it and he didn't even say fuck you or anything. He just swung the cue stick. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, woof. <laughs> I was expecting it. So. That's funny. Anyway, so uh, how much money? Have you made what kind of uh <clears throat> quite a bit it was so you know and this is nate lives in mexico so i'm not gonna talk bad about mexico but uh in 99 um i was 20 years old um so we would go down i was living in where outside of los angeles we'd go to tijuana every weekend i mean that was just our jam you know you go to tijuana you can do whatever you want you're over 18 well when we started going to rosarita go to papa's and Be- to papa's and beers um went down there That's all the whores are it was a late night it was a wrong decisions, but I uh, ended up was talking to some girl from Pepperdine University. I uh, still remember her. Never got her number. Uh, but anyway, so as we were having the conversation, some guy walked up. He tapped me on the shoulder. He said something in Spanish. And I'm like, I don't speak Spanish, dude. So I turned around. We did it again. And then I kind of got like a little stupid and did the whole like, I don't speak Spanish, mm. you know. And I turned around again. And then uh, I felt the cold, uh, hard metal hit me in the back of the, the chin. Mm. And uh, I went to say something when I opened my mouth, blood started squirting out of my mouth. And I'm like, okay, well, this is. Oh, this is a story of you getting sliced up. Yeah. Almost so, dying. Uh, yes. So, uh, so I'm bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, what is going on? I mean, blood shooting out of my mouth every time I open my mouth. And I couldn't figure it out. My buddies are there. Big fight breaks out. Federalities are coming in. I'm in no condition to fight because I'm bleeding all over myself. So anyway, uh, about three hours later is when I, I wasn't even that long. It was probably two hours later. I ended up uh, with an, in an ambulance. It got me to uh, San Diego. Definitely a different world going from a Mexican ambulance to an American ambulance. Um, but when I got there, the last thing Mexican I remember, ambulance head was like, Vroom. oh my God, it was, they were, they were had they, hydraulics on it. So they were sucking the blood out of my mouth and my buddy that was in the ambulance with me, he looked out and he said, dude, it was all the blood was going out the ambulance. Like they, they were just sucking it out and it was just, <laughs> it was just squirting out. Like they were just like, oh, that's biohazard. Don't want that here. Let's leave that in the street. <laughs> So when I got there, I was I was completely out. The last thing I remember is a, a female medic taking a pair of scissors and just like cutting all my clothes off with one like one straight just like this. And I mean underwear, everything fell off. And the last thing I said was, "That's awesome." <laughs> and then I woke up uh, about a week later out of a coma, and my parents were there, and they were in Tampa when this all happened. So my parents and this is out. This is in San Diego. And I remember waking up, and I'm like, "What?" And I had the the respirator in, so I couldn't talk, and I'm trying to like hand signal, I want to write something. And the, the nurse is like, he wants to write something again. Let's just bring him the note from the last time. And I'm like, geez, how many times have I woke up? And they're like, this is what you ask every time. And I ask what happened. So anyway, so when I finally got the respirator taken out, they had to take my catheter out. And I'm like, oh God, man, like this, what's this all about? And she's like, it's going to hurt a little bit. It's going to feel a little weird. Well, I went to sit up and I'm like, holy, I had the worst pain in my stomach. And I'm like, oh my God, did I get stabbed? And they said, no. So when you came in, you were, unco- you were unconscious. There was so much blood because what had happened, I'd severed my jugular. When he, uh, when he punched me, your jugular actually goes through your face. I'd severed it with my teeth. Uh, he hit me with brass knuckles on the back of the jaw. And so I lost so much blood. I had to get a blood transfusion, uh, fell into a coma. And then they did uh, a scope of my stomach to go in and look at all my internal organs to make sure that I wasn't internally bleeding because there was so much blood. Which gave you a second belly button. Which gave me the second belly button, and the doctor did a pretty good job. He put that thing right under the other one. Very symmetrical. That way it was like, oh, which one's the real one? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've gotten it tattooed since, so you really can't see it that much unless I show you like I just did. 
Um, you yeah. get a tattoo to look like a butthole. <laughs> be like, I yeah. bet you I have a belly button and a butthole. I'm 40. Belly. I'm 43. That's the one thing I want is a tattooed butthole <laughs> in my belly. <laughs> like a cat's butthole. <laughs> like, yeah. I've got two cats, but did they ever find the guy? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. I just, I don't I even ask. Ask. Did they even look for the guy? I mean, I was, I, I remember we, I was being, we were being chased by the federales and my buddies were like, we can't, we can't get caught <clears throat> because I don't think Chuck's going to make it. Like, I'm bleeding. Like, this guy's going to bleed out if we don't get to the border. And uh, so, luckily, I think they all saved my life that night, man. And uh, Tweak was one of their names. Travis Patterson. Those guys saved my life that night. Do you want to ever go back and see if you can find the guy? No. Oh, I, I, I have not been back to Mexico since that happened. Oh, we should go back and try to find the guy. <laughs> yeah. I bet you're still at Rosalita's Bar and Grill. Probably right there at uh, Papa's and Beers playing volleyball. Yeah, those locals don't leave. They just always fucking stay in the same spot. You know, uh, you remember his name? You remember the girl? You don't remember. I just know she went to Pepperdine, but she was, you know, she was. From Why California. did he punch you? Because you made fun of him? I think because he was saying something to me about me talking to this girl, and then I just don't speak Spanish. And then when, when he said it again, he said it with a little bit more aggression. And then when I turned around, I kind of, you know, the whole like in your face, like I don't understand the words that are coming out yeah, of your being mouth. Being a dick. Yeah, and then just like laughed it off, and then turned around to her like. <laughs> This guy, <laughs> wapa, yeah, wapa, yeah. and then it's like, oh well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. God, so man. I haven't done that since. And you never talked to the girl again. No, you, yeah. the, the look of horror on this woman's face when I opened my mouth and the blood squirted out like yeah. out of a movie. I was like, yeah, probably not going home with that one. But God, couldn't you, wouldn't it be great if you had like a reunion with everybody involved? <laughs> yeah, that would be. <laughs> and you could, and we could have like a Doctor Phil moment where he talks about why he did it. Yeah, like a real housewives moment, you know, like the like the last episode where they all come back and they're on a panel. You know, It'd be hey man, I'm sorry, I was a little. My name is S. A. Rodriguez. Back in those days, I was a hothead. Uh, yes. I'm a priest now. I'm a padre now. It's like a Cobra Kai episode when <laughs> they bring him in. Like, why'd you do that? I feel bad now. Yeah, it's a, my kid's going through the same thing now. He just punched somebody with brass knuckles. <laughs> Poor white guy has two belly buttons. Yeah. Since it's been hereditary in our family, we like to give two belly buttons to people, to white to the white people. <laughs> well, succeeded. It's a good story. I'm glad you're alive. Me too. You could not. You know that if you died, you couldn't do the 100th episode. No, that's why I'm here. I've always, for the last 23 years, I've been asking myself why God spared me. And no. Today I know why. Yeah. So I could be here with you in <clears throat> Nate's stead mm -hmm. doing what we need to do. This is not just a podcast. It's... A God cast. Yeah. 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 And I mean, don't the similarities are weird. I'm here because of Mexico. Nate's not here mm -hmm. because of very weird. He lives in mm -hmm. and then he Egypt. I don't know. And there's Brandon, I know there's similarities. And there. Brandon should be punched in the face with brass knuckles. <laughs> you know? So I mean there's a lot of weird similarities. The universe is definitely speaking to us on this hundredth mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. All right, let's uh good story. Uh we'll do another one. Yeah, on whenever. Tuesday. I got some okay. good ones for you. Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk to our guests, shall we? Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, the usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. 
I want you to call my wife. But not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first-time home buyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because she's your guy. 404-797-4600. That's 404-797-4600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m. All right. Some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. No offense. Stress-free buying and selling and like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. And back to you, Jason. <laughs> Love, 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 love our guests so much. Haven't spoken to him in years. I'm so happy to see that he's got a new comedy special, which comes out October 4th. It'll also be celebrated with a premiere in IMAX at the TCL Chinese Theater. I'm assuming that's the Man's Chinese Theater in uh, Hollywood. Uh, It would be one of the greatest entertainers of our time, uh, in my opinion. That would be one Dane Cook. How are you, Dane? Yeah, what's going on, man? Good to talk to you again. Yeah, uh, so very excited to see this from you. I mean, you know, like, let's be honest, you kind of took a little bit of a hiatus, right? And we miss our Dane Cook, and now you bust out with this awesome new comedy special. How'd this whole thing come about? I called up uh, my director, who I worked on Vicious Circle with. Marty Colner directed that HBO special. And I said, Marty, I think I have an idea that could be equally as epic um, and it'll be a great celebration of what I can't believe, which is 30 years of doing yeah. stand-up comedy. He was like, all right, wh- what's the idea? Where do you want to do it? I said, I want to shoot this on my front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, up in, up in the hills? And I'm like, get some drones. Let's get some IMAX quality cameras. I want to film the biggest comedy special that anybody's ever seen. I want to film the funniest special that I have ever done. And I want to present it in a way online that disrupts the entire system. And I want to do something in the never been done before business again. So that's what above it all is, man. That's cool. So this is actually shot in front of your house. Yeah. So we, we trucked about a thousand people on a Friday and a Saturday night uh-huh. uh, this last March. And we put them all on my front lawn. They did not know they were coming to my house. They did not know they were coming to a comedy special. In fact, one guy told me after the show, one of the fans who I was chatting with on my front lawn after, he said, I got to be honest with you, man. When they took us from that parking lot and put us in this shuttle and we were driving through these dark Hollywood hills, he said, I thought I was being human trafficked. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to laugh about human trafficking. (laughs) So what did did they tell? That was a movie reference, by the way. But what, what what did they tell these people? They just said, hey, you're going to a secret Dane Cook event. And they didn't say where, they didn't say how. But I will tell you, standing up there doing my performance on my front porch and looking out not only at that beautiful view, but looking down at people that had no clue that they were (laughs) part of a spectacle with myself and Marty Marty Colner. It was the coolest thing, probably since standing on stage at Madison Square Garden. It's the coolest moment of my career. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you're, what, the second comedian only to sell out uh, Madison Square Garden. And, you know, you've always been an innovator. That's why I've always been a fan. And, you know, even, you know, like Waiting is one of my all-time. I'm still waiting for there to be either a reboot or a Waiting 2. Employee of the Month. I I loved Employee of the Month. Like, the one thing that you have that I've always really enjoyed is your style. And that is something that is is never old. It's uh, always new and it's always relevant. And that's storytelling. And that's what I'm a fan of. That's why I like doing this podcast thing is telling stories. And that's the basis of your comedy. But you're also an innovator. You know, you talk about how you shot this latest comedy special. Go back to when you, you know, first started. It was it was a MySpace thing. It was social media. You were the first comic to yeah. utilize social media in order to make yourself a big deal. Well, yeah, I, I had to. Nobody else was hiring me. There was no there was no incoming calls, and for a lot of years, it was really brutal because I felt like I had this ability to entertain people at, I guess, a higher level. But the industry was not having it. I was I was not feeling welcome. And I remember thinking, maybe I got to like go rogue here. Maybe I have to build up my own database of fans and just work triple overtime to find where they are. And thank goodness the internet really started to uh, blossom because through that I built a, you know, a really a global fan base that, uh, to, you know, even today, is the reason that I can put something like this out pretty much independently through DaneCook.com and Moment and not have to even deal with streamers or other bad contracts. Was there anyone early in your career, you know, and you followed a similar path to a lot of other successful and, you know, not yet successful comedians of just grinding it out. Um, was there anybody that was a veteran of the business pull you aside and say, Hey, look, kid, you got something special, but you're going to have to do fill in the blank, whatever that might be. Oh, sure. Yeah. There was a lot of like old time guys, especially back where I started outside of Boston that were like, you'd call them like local legends. Yeah. And there was one in particular. I remember this guy pulling me aside. His name was Ed and Ed was like this great local comic. He said, what you, he goes, kid kid what's your goal and i was at this point if i'm being very honest i was not a great comic i had a couple of funny bits and then everything else was like really ragtag and he goes what's your goal kid and i said i want to someday be a household name i remember i said ed i want to be a household name and he looked at me and he goes well, you should change your name to Scrubby Bubbles. <laughs> at that at that point, there was no real path forward, to be honest. It was just guys like Ed and some of these other great mentors saying, if you really want to have a chance at having any kind of career, you, you need to be exceptional. Nobody just makes it in comedy just because they're funny. And if I'm going to be really straight up with you guys, Part of why I did this comedy special on my own, self-financed it, did the whole thing from scratch is I think a lot of these streamers are doing a disservice and they're putting comics that are not quite ready and they're giving them a moment and it's not a moment to shine. It's almost like a moment to seem mediocre. And some of these comics are great live performers. I know, I'm not going to name it, I know who they are. But when I see some of the schlock that some of the streamers are putting up, it made me go, I don't want to go down. I don't care how much money they say you can make. I don't care about that. I want to put out something that people in 15 years from now are still wanting to talk about, like we can look back and talk about some cool stuff now. 
Do you think that the when the streamers are putting this this in, I'm assuming you're talking about like the you know the Netflixes and the and the the Amazons and whatnot, but because they the the comics don't have the creative freedom in the editing room, um, or they're kind of being force fed to say, "Hey, look, let's look over what you're going to say. We don't really want to put that uh, uh, on there. It's just not good." Right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll use Andrew Schultz as such a great you know uh, talk about like success in going a route of they didn't want to let him at Amazon speak his act the way he wanted to share with his fans because of whatever they said. It was too shocking. And he took it back. He took it back. He paid them back the money they were going to give him and he did it independently. And not only was that better for his pocket, but more importantly, I think it was better because his integrity was intact with his fans. And what I'm saying is if you're a young comic and they, they throw a little bit of cash at you and then a contract that's way too long, and then you lose control of your IP, your intellectual property, you're going to chase residuals for the rest of your life. By the way, uh, spoiler alert, you're never going to get paid. I know, we all know. And then you're going to watch that special and go, that editor wasn't really a fan. That director maybe wasn't the best person for me. That shirt that I wore, man, I wish I had a stylist. I wish I... It all comes back to theme. Great comedy specials and great comedy aren't just great because of the funny words. They're great because there's a, a look and aesthetic. And when you watch Above It All, I promise you this, even if you're not a fan of mine, even if you're like, I like comedy or I like Dane Cook, or if you love me, you're going to go nuts. And if you don't, you're still going to watch and go, this is one of the coolest looking things that I've ever seen. Because it's creative. People, you know, I, I was I was given advice about 10 years ago by a very successful uh, man, um, and and he said creativity equals currency. And he tells me the story of how when he was a young man, he was the guy that created the five dollar meal deal. <laughs> it was just so odd, right? Oh wow! Uh, yeah, okay. and, and he goes on to become president of uh, Time Warner and then Coca Cola and ownership in the Hawks and, and all that stuff. But uh, I I remember him telling me that, and I'm like, and there's this little Jewish man that's telling me creative currency, creativity equals currency. And I'm a creative guy being in the radio business for almost three decades. It's just now you, we as entertainers have control over our content and that's going to drive the big companies nuts. The paycheck might not be there at the beginning, but you, the liberating feeling of being able to do it your way as the great Frank Sinatra or Johnny Rotten said, right? I mean, there's, there's that feeling that you're like, I'm Dane Cook and now you get to see Dane Cook. Right. But there's also a great, great feeling. And I'm sure you're experiencing this now with your own podcast success away from what was more, I guess, a traditional, you know, tropes or what, what have you, what you're seeing is, there's no, um, there's nowhere they can fuss with the numbers where they can say, oh, the contract said downloads, and now we're doing something called um, hyper downloads. Or once the once the tech changes, mm. then you end up never getting paid because your contract states the word streams or downloads, and that's where a lot of I try to mentor a lot of young comics and, and people in the industry to say that contract is locking you into a language that when they change their own company language, they're not thinking of you. Mm-hmm. They're not calling you and saying, we've changed the jargon so you can get paid quicker. No, no way. And so I implore any young person listening who wants to, you know, stake their claim, especially in stand-up, 
to, you know, get funny, get undeniably funny. But then if you can own and operate your own IP through YouTubes or through like whatever it is that you think is the hip way to get your word out, I promise you in the long run, your fans will appreciate it and your mortgage that gets to be paid will appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you might even be able to have two or three mortgages depending on how well you do. Did did your career You never know. If you you know, you might become a Chris Rock or you might hit a a level that's like, uh, you know, stratosphere, but the reality is most comics are working, you know, year to year, tour to tour, and I hope that this is a great success, not just cuz at 30 years I love it and it's funny and I'm having the time of my damn life. But I hope it works so that it forces these other um, corporations to ease up on these bad deals and, and let a performer come in and just lease their stuff to you. Have a little skin in the game. You don't own it forever. Promote the hell out of this person because you care about their content. You care about their fans. And let them go about their way and let them get paid. What if, what if one comic has one great special and then the rest of their life they're like, yeah, I partnered up with so-and-so and – you know, now I get uh, a $5 deal meal every year instead of an actual paycheck. <laughs> well, I know somebody that'd be very happy about that. <laughs> did did your career... <laughs> yeah, one guy. <laughs> yeah, one guy. Did, did your career in the in the beginning uh, have to go through the comedy store in L.A.? Uh, the comedy store... I landed in L.A. and I was more of a laugh factory guy. Uh-huh. But I started playing the main room at the comedy store and fell in love with it. And so... Yes, I've done the store a ton, but I guess I wasn't uh, born from the comedy store, you know? So you, you didn't have to wait out in line on, what was it, a Monday and, and wait for your name to be called and none of that stuff? No, I walked into the law factory. I had been doing a TV show in L.A. for a year with Betty White. I played oh. Betty White's uh, grandson oh. on a TV show. And I walked into the law factory and I said, hey, I'm going to be here for you know a few months and the show's probably going to get canceled because it was not very good. Um, Betty White was amazing, but the, I was like, so I'm probably you know going to go back to Boston or New York with my tail between my legs because I don't think this is gonna, I, I don't think it's going to work for me out here. And the club owner um, Jamie Masada, who owns the Lost Factory, said, "Let me see what you can do." He put me up on stage, and two kind of incredible things happened that night. One, when I came off stage, he said, um, "This club is your home now. If you want to come in any night while you're here." You can come in and work out. You know, the Sunset Boulevard is yours now. Come in any time. So that was amazing. But even more importantly is the reaction I got from the crowd, I realized, man, if I stay in L.A., I'm the only young, hip, next-generation comic here. But if I go back to New York, I'm one of a bunch of guys that I think are some of the best up-and-coming comics. You know, I'm coming up with Bill Burr. <clears throat> Excuse me, Bill Burr. I'm coming up with Patrice O'Neill. coming up with Gary Goleman. And then, like, 12 other guys. So I stayed in L.A., and I decided I'm going to build my fan base out here where everybody was back east kind of competing for that stage time. And I think it was a happy accident that I was on a good, bad show for a little while. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about Betty White. I mean, I've said it for years. My wife always said that I have two hall passes, and one's Judge Judy and the other was Betty White. And I'm not joking. I always found her, <laughs> even as she got older, but what a, what what an American treasure. I mean, like, you can call it quits now, Dane, and just tell stories of Betty White, right? I mean, that's how awesome that is. Betty White, best story. Well, first of all, best hug you could ever get. Coming to set every day and the the, the vibrant, you know, 
queen of television, Betty White, you yeah. know, big hug in the morning. But I'll tell you one of the things she told me. I said, yeah, I love Golden Girls. Still yeah. to this day, one of the funniest, unbelievable writing. And I remember one day I said, Betty, I got it. You know, now that I'm on the show for a few weeks, can I fanboy out here for a second and say, like, God, I loved you on the Golden Girls and all of you. And she said, you want to know something funny? Anytime you ever watch the show, if you see a rerun of the show, she said, anytime you see us look down at a sugar packet or if we look into our tea mug before we drink, she said, remember, we couldn't remember all our lines because they'd changed them last minute. So we would write them on the sugar packets or we would write things and tape them inside of the mugs when we couldn't remember the line. So if you watch a rerun of Golden Girls, you'll see a lot of uh, sugar packet holding and staring into your their cup while they're talking. That's phenomenal. What a great story. I've, I love hearing stories I've, ne- I've never heard before. Uh, yeah. So the, yeah. I, I would do, a if you don't mind, a little comparison. With you being the old G, uh, the OG, I would say, and I'm a, I'm a Ryan Reynolds fan, and this is coming from the acting standpoint, yep. but the demeanor. Ryan Reynolds has a Dane Cook demeanor to him, and comics usually adopt a style. And I know this from Ryan Reynolds' side of things because I heard Chevy Chase's wife say it at an event that Ryan Reynolds was a Chevy Chase fan. Um, So that's kind of humor that Chevy Chase, and I love Chevy Chase, did. But he's got kind of a Dane Cook feel to it. Have you ever heard that before, that Ryan Reynolds might have ripped off your gimmick a little bit? You know, a lot of people have said that, and I think, I think, you know, that era and what I was doing zeitgeist-wise from stand-up, I don't think it was... I think a lot of comics told me years later, man, even I was doing a little bit of your you know, your attitude that was kind of working for people. So yes, a little bit, but I also do know I got inside scoop on something one day that I thought was kind of interesting way back when Ryan Reynolds and I were both in town auditioning for just auditioning, trying to like make it. Um, I had been offered a a TV show at ABC Disney called, um, I think it was called like two guys, a girl in a pizza place Mm. was the original name. And I passed on it. And when I passed on it, I got a call from a buddy of mine. He said, I just went in and auditioned for a show that I know you passed on because the casting director had your tape playing and telling the actors, this is the energy and the attitude we want. Wow. And then Ryan Reynolds ended up getting that role. Wow. That's so fascinating. I don't, I don't know. I worked with Ryan on waiting years later sure. and we never had a chance to talk about it. He couldn't have, he couldn't have been a cooler guy and he's deserving of all the success he got. And Deadpool is amazing. But back then I did hear a rumor that a lot of people saw my tape because the casting person said, do this. That's great. I, 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 I believe it. I, I totally can see it. And by the way, I say that as a compliment to all parties because I'm a fan of, of everyone. I wasn't trying to say that to be, you know, crazy, wacky, zany type of thing. Um, in 2006, Torgasm, which was, which was a documentary that you did and, and they had uh, like 20 different shows. It was very popular, did very well on it. You went out with uh, Robert Kelly. I'm a big Robert Kelly fan. This is a comic that you know, hasn't seen, you know, he's been doing it forever, but maybe not gotten the mainstream success like you have or or some other comics. Are you still friends with Robert Kelly? Man, I haven't talked to him in years. Uh, You know, unfortunately it doesn't always work out that people are in the, 
in the same circles, you know, East Coast and West Coast especially. I don't know if it's just the time zone difference, but no, we kind of fell off, and and it sucks. I just saw Burr. uh, Me and Burr did a charity event together a few months back for a buddy of ours who passed away, and I was saying to Bill, I go, man, it it kind of sucks sometimes to feel like everybody's lives, uh, you know, grew in different directions because the reality is, we were a we were a graduating class, you know. We were we were tight, man. Me, Bobby, Bill, Patrice, Gallman. You know, we there was a time in my life that you know it was like a family that you're living together. So unfortunately, no, I don't talk to Bobby like I used to. But you know, he's deserving of all the success that he's that he's earned. I had one of my funniest moments on the air with a comedian, and it was the first time that I had interviewed him and you know I don't have a relationship with him but I actually reached out to him when I was up in New York not that long afterwards he was having like knee surgery and yeah. whatever but uh it was the first time I met him and I was doing radio in Tampa at the time and he comes in and you know, it's just your normal run-of-the-mill kind of radio interview thing and somehow the like my wife called my first wife time called me and something about my I wear a night guard because I grind my teeth and holy shit dude he took that and made it the I mean I couldn't finish the interview I was crying because and it all <laughs> and it all started with my night guard you know but I mean it's always the goofiest yeah. funniest things and I will never ever forget that and I will always hold uh Robert Kelly in the highest regard uh because of that bit it was just so funny like off the cuff improv oh yeah he, he's one of those He's one of those guys that there was nothing you could throw at him on stage or especially if something really real was happening in the room, he would point it out and he wouldn't let anything get by him. I mean, I think that's, that's probably one of his strengths was the ability to improvise in and out of anything, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. Chuck, you had a question for Dane Cook. Yeah, <clears throat> Dane, I got to tell you, man, huge, huge fan. Um, I'm going to do the whole Betty White thing. I'm going to fanboy out for a minute. I got to tell you, uh, you're... So I, I saw you many many years ago, and you you had a bit about the uh, killer bees, right? And uh, I became yeah, yeah. I became a father, and uh, my kids are always you know scared of bees stuff like that. So for years I've been saying in front of my children, I'll punch a bee in the face, right? <laughs> and then and then you know, and, but they were so young I couldn't go further. So about uh, I don't know a year ago, I'll I'll never forget it. So when you told me Dane was going to be yeah, I was dying. So my son is seven. And I'm out there and I'm like, he's like, dad, there's bees. And I'm like, what did I tell you? And he's like, I'll punch a bee in the face. And I was like, killer horses. Uh, now that's some scary shit. <laughs> and my kid goes into my wife and he's like, dad said the S word. Uh, and I'm like, oh, but it was Dane Cook. It wasn't me. <laughs> so I just want to let you know, man, huge fan. But that bit, that was amazing. And to this day, it's been all these years later. And now my kids are saying the same stuff. But thanks for that. I appreciate that, man. It, it's kind of fun, you know, being the old bull on the hill, the greatest <laughs> part of, you know, 30 years doing it is looking back and not even realizing at the time that some of the stuff that I was saying and putting out there, you know, all you dream of as a comic is maybe a couple of things someday somebody's going to quote or remember. <laughs> and to be able to sit on this call and, and share a moment like that, I, I, it blows me away. It re, it's, it's almost like even though I'm, I've been doing it so long, it reminds me of year one when you get a compliment from another comic saying, Hey, I, I, I like that thing that you do. And it was like, wow, maybe, maybe I'll be sticking around for a little time. So I, I, I'm so glad and I can't wait to hear from the new special, yeah. what <laughs> yeah. people walk on to. Cause I don't know. 
Uh, all, all these 40 year old dads are like, thank you, Dane, for getting me in trouble with my wife. So the, the new special, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the hit. I'll take the hit. But with the new special, you know, we, we live in a, a different time, right? We, there's things that you, you kind of walking on eggshells, you know, we saw everything with the Chappelle stuff yeah. and Netflix and, you know, the cancel culture and all, all that stuff. Um, doing this special, did you take that into consideration or were you just like now nah, balls yeah. to the wall? Yeah. Totally. And I tell comics, too, that I talk to now, I said, listen, you know, your job is to get canceled, apparently. <laughs> you know, that's how good you need to be. Right. Yeah. Your job is to get so good and to observe and report. And yes, now, now it used to be you're going to get heckled or you're going to bomb or you're going to be on the road and get a toothache that you can't fix for a couple of years because you don't have benefits. That used to be everything with comedy. And now I go, oh, and by the way, if you're not getting canceled or somebody online saying you, you know, you suck and you know, we, we, we don't want you around any, like that's That's the markings of a winner. Yeah. In that, comedy. That's what you want to do. It's almost like the, any publicity is good publicity, right? Yeah. I look at it like this, man. Like if you're observing and reporting on things that have happened to you, things that you've experienced in your life, what, I don't care what those words are, what the, intimation is like you have the right as a comic to get up there and share whatever that is in real time, whatever that, that situation. But if you're a comic who gets up there and you're just going to like try to, uh, you know, tell somebody else's story, you know, that's going to get you canceled. That's the stuff that these days doesn't fly is you not coming from a personal experience. So yes, it is people getting canceled because they're going to go up. Some white guy is not going to go up on stage and go, Hey, let me tell you what it's like being a you know, black guy in America. Like that stuff, if it used to be funny, I don't know why, but if it did, it's like that stuff is not going to, it's not going to work, but everybody's going to get at some point put on the, the firing line and stand up. And I'd be lying if I didn't say secretly behind the scenes, breaking news. We laugh about it. We love it. We love it. Or we call each other up We go, I'm getting in a little hot water over here. And all that does is, is, remind your fans why they love you in the first place is because you're willing to sometimes look like an idiot or self-deprecate yourself into a, you know, into a corner or just say something that's gnarly that makes people go, that's, that's preposterous. Get that person out of here. And, and we all want to be disruptors. And so if you get canceled or if people want to cancel me because of something I say in this special, good. (laughs) It's, it's very difficult to explain to people things that entertainers have done that was once accepted that today you wouldn't even fathom. Uh, you know, I mean, radio is the same way. I, I did a, a wet burka contest one time, you know, and, and I didn't get canceled. I didn't get protested or anything. And, you know, you know, yeah, I know. Like Chuck, you're cringing right <laughs> you're now. You're on a list somewhere in the Middle East. But, but but it was it was funny. It was a funny bit. We're throwing water balloons at a chicken a burka, and it, she had no clothes on underneath. That was funny at the time. It, I wasn't trying to get the cancel didn't exist at the time. The word, but I wasn't trying to. I was trying to have fun, right? <laughs> right, Dane. And then like some of the things that you maybe look back on on stuff that you did in the past, you couldn't repeat now. Well, what, first things first, I've never thrown a water balloon at a woman in a burqa, so let's separate each other on that regard. Thank you, Dane. I was thinking the same thing. Sorry. It was funny. It was don't a good put, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't subscribe to that page, my friend. All right, sorry. Um, <laughs> but in terms, in terms of like just that, you know, the verbal timeouts that you get, it, you know, again, it's, it's, 
It's why half your crowd's there in the first place. They want to hear you say something taboo. And then the other half these days is because they want to catch you. It's a gotcha industry. And so it's the new stand-up comedy, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's not the whole, it's not your father's stand-up comedy anymore. It's a whole new thing. And you've got to be in real time with your stories and with your, your shtick. Um, yeah, you can't formulate an act or a skit or something that, uh, that people are going to go, man, you put a lot of thought into going after that person. It's just not going to fly. Well, you've always had smart comedy, so the changing or evolving with the times, I don't think would be an issue for you. Uh, I mean, you're just you're you're a long form storytelling, smart intellectual comic. So, um, you know, I think that that will I can't wait to see this special. Um, before we let you go, Brandon, you got a question for Dane? Yeah, uh, do you have any new up and coming uh, comedians on your radar? That you think is going to be uh, kind of big here in the next few years? Man, that's a, I love it. I love that you asked that because I feel like every time I get on some kind of, whether it's a TikTok live or Twitter spaces, I'm always meeting new comics that'll send me their link or, you know, share their backstory, whatever it might be. I got to tell you, I brought this uh, young woman on stage with me uh, a couple of times, Leah Lamar, who I met through Clubhouse Chat. And I kind of look at her as one of the people that, She's ballsy, she's really funny, she's super entrepreneurial, and her crowd work is impeccable. I kind of would say like in a Bobby Kelly kind of way, like she could probably, I've, I've heard her in interviews where they give her one topic and then it's just like out of the gate, she's on fire. So look for Leah Lamar's career to get, uh, to get really exciting. I think I've seen her. I think she was at the punchline opening up for someone at one time. Uh, I just Googled her real quick. There's uh, yeah. You, the, the, yeah, uh, she's, been, she's been on the road quite a bit. There, there's a couple, you know, uh, one of Bill Burr's, uh, I don't want to know if he's his protege or what, but a uh, great comic, Paul Verzi, you know, New York guy. Paul's great. He, he and Bill are really close. They do. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard great things about Paul. Yeah. And there's uh, a, a really uh, green up and coming female comic out of Atlanta Catherine Blanford. She's currently out with um, David Spade and, and, and doing his tour. He like he found out about her and called, found her number and said, "Hey, you need to come join my tour," which I thought was really cool. So she's good. You I, know who's been out there for a minute and always makes me laugh is Erica Rhodes. Erica Rhodes. Yeah, Ro- I think it's Rhodes. R H O D E S. Okay, um, she's very funny. Yeah, there's a there's a there's, uh, there's a, a lot, man. There's 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 a, there's a good crop of comics that are coming up, and I think what's making them great is they're not afraid to push the envelope, but they're also not afraid to do the commentary needed to protect themselves from getting canceled. It's almost like they know the joke, and then they're ahead of everybody because before you can pull their mic out of their hand, they they they're smart enough to have a bit of a backstory on why they're saying what they're saying. And I think that's super, super interesting to watch the next generation that that's coming up through this, you know, quote, cancel culture and how they're using it to their favor. Yeah. Use it to their advantage. It's funny how quickly we're able to figure that kind of stuff out. Uh, the new comedy special, uh, October 4th, and then you'll have the premiere in IMAX at the TCL Chinese theater. It is uh, one of my yeah. fan favorites. I cannot thank you enough for all the time and just doing the show. So, Dane Cook, best of luck with this special. Please keep us in mind. You got anything else and you want to come back on? I loved having this conversation with you. 
Oh, man, that means the world to me and vice versa. If you guys, uh, you know, think that uh, there might be something fun or interesting for us to jabber on, then you know where to find me as well. All right, buddy. Uh, Good luck, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. All right, fellas. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters UCI, the word granite.com. Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS Podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. CreateGraphics.net. That's C-R-E-A-T-E. G-R-A-P-H-I-X dot net or 770-369-9962. That's 770-369-9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project. will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X dot net. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. We've been recording this episode and I've had my hoodie zipped up. I've got to show my podcast and pours two anniversary merchandise shirt. Pretty cool. What do you guys think? Yeah, cool. Looks yeah. like a ghost. That must oh. be a, that must be a medium. A ghost holding a beer. Oh yeah. This featuring even has featuring the Verve pipe on the front. Sorry, whoa, whoa, whoa. sorry, distinct grace. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? I, I, I when I buy my shirts, I, I, I buy, I buy them, I buy them per letter. Oh my god! I didn't have enough. I didn't have enough money. Your your brand, band name's too long. <laughs> if you guys would just go by Grace, or DG, DG. Yeah, I about to say there's a small DG on the on the name tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Anyway, uh, get your tickets. Podcastthebs.com. Couple cheating scandals going on. It's funny how things come in threes. So we need to see one more because these are two big cheating scandals that are uh, happening right now. One. Uh, I, you eventually are going to run across it on the internet, but I had not, when I first heard about it, I was playing cards with some fellows the other night 
and uh, they were talking about this this live stream poker game, this high stakes poker game, where you know people will buy in for three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. And you have some of the best poker players in the world, professionals like Phil Ivey and those guys that play in this high stakes live stream poker game. Um, and then you'll have amateurs, you know, people wanting to make it and want to make some money. And there's this woman by the name of Robbie, who is, I guess, dating another poker player that goes by Rip. And she was, uh, she's an, for the most part, an amateur. She's not been a part of many big poker tournaments. She's been playing poker a, a lot online and in these tournaments, and she's cashed for maybe a thousand here or a thousand there, but she's never been in a, a, a game like this where, you know, you can walk away with over a million dollars if you play your cards right. Now, this is not a tournament. This is a cash game. So they're played differently. She gets in the hand with this uh, professional um, guy I'm not familiar with, but a professional and the he's got seven eights of clubs, so he's got suited connectors, and I think he was in the small blind and she was in the big blind. So usually you try to protect your blinds because especially at that amount of money, it's 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 a couple thousand dollars, you know. Um, so she protects even though he raised, and she's got jack of hearts, four of clubs. Which is, I mean, just a shit hand. I mean, it's like, a, like, you know, all you're hoping for is the flop. It comes a jack or, you know, jack, jack, jack or jack. jack. I mean, you're just hoping for the best in the flop. <clears throat> but most cases after the flop, it's not worth it. There's not going to be enough money really in the pot because uh, there's only you and somebody else. Uh, you're going to fold if that person raises or whatever the case may be. So anyway, they go back and forth. Um, the the end, the end result without going through the whole thing. I watched this dude like break it down. I watched like a 30 minute video. This guy break it down. It was fascinating. This guy dug something or another. He's a big YouTube guy, poker player. I was like, holy shit. I'm just, uh, can you watch poker on TV, Chuck? I do. You do? I, I, you're a poker guy. I love it. Okay. Brandon, do you ever watch poker on TV? Uh, my dad will have it on and I'll walk by and look for a second. Oh, it's fascinating. I, I, I just, I guess you have to like poker in order to get it. Just like anything else you're going to watch on TV. You know, like I love watching tennis on TV. Tennis can be a very boring sport, especially to watch on TV. You know, if you can even see the tennis ball, you know, so it's boring, but I'm a tennis player and I love tennis. Poker is fascinating. I've loved poker. I've been playing poker for, for a minute now. And the thing that I love about poker is not necessarily winning money or, there is a rush about getting good cards and catching cards and stuff like that, but it's really the table of people. Uh, it's such a great breeding ground for knowledge on how people function because every poker table, you usually have the same characters, just different people, but the same characters, you know, you've got the guy that's been doing it forever. The older guy that's, going to play aggressive and think that he knows everything and more than obviously you because he's been doing it for so long. You've got the young buck gunslinger that plays a lot of online poker, which is very little social skills or none, social, no social skills at all, but he plays online poker and he, he's very aggressive and he bets high and stuff. You've got the lady that's two weeks from death, the old lady that catches everything and she plays shit cards like king four offsuit. And she'll catch the card on the river and beat you for X amount of dollars. You know, you'll get just you get the asshole 
you know, the guy that's just a total dick at the table ends up losing his all, all of his money. He'll have a big stack at some point, and he's a real asshole, and he talks down to people, and very rarely will you see a fight at a poker table. Um, you get that guy. You get the nicest guy in the world at the poker table. Uh, you get the really hot chick that when you get in a hand, you almost want to lose, but you want to get in a hand with her because she's so hot, and it gives you every right to just stare at her breasts. So you got all these different people. Check am I right? I, I just, I'm just laughing because... I've played poker with you, and I know that I'm the nice guy. I know that. You are. You are 100% the old guy that I will not let Jason follow me because all he'll do is make me fold every single hand because he'll be like, I'm all in. And you're like, dude, we, we've only seen two cards. He's like, I'm all in, are you? Like, God, no, I'm folding because you're a jerk, and I'm over here freaking trying to like have a good night. I don't want to go home. I've, it's it's 8.30. My wife's like, yeah, have a good time. And Jason's like, sending you home early. And I'm trying to be the nice guy, but then I'm also like, I'm going to go get some more Tostito chips. Well, the, the games that Chuck plays in, <clears throat> they're small ball poker. <laughs> and, and that's why I've turned him down so many times. <clears throat> Not that I have tons of money to, to lose, but you actually, I find, lose more money when you play smaller small ball poker because you don't value the dollar. You're not even valuing the dollar at all. You're valuing the quarter. So like when you play games like, you know, a quarter 50 cents, you know, blinds and you know, you're supposed to, if you've got something pre-flop, if you're going to raise, you're going to, you're going to do a three X. What is that? That's a dollar 50. Who the fuck's not going to be in for a dollar 50 for any hand? Well, sometimes it's about the camaraderie, Jason, and it's not about just, Oh, I'm going to send everybody home early because it's 9 o'clock and i got to drive an hour. Okay, so there's some truth to that. <laughs> Very little, though, because I can have camaraderie a million different ways where I'm not losing any money. <laughs> but we have to pay to play with you. That's, no, <laughs> your no. camaraderie comes at a cost with us. No, 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 no. I'm paying to play with you. You guys invite me. These aren't my games. My games are too expensive for you. I played your games here. I played in your games. Yeah, and you bitched about it the whole fucking twenty dollars. Oh no, it was a hundred dollars. And, 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 and I remember once I won, it was like midnight, and I'm like, "All right, wife's tired. You know, I gotta go." And Jason's like, "Oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna cash out." <laughs> yeah, dude, it's midnight, and I'm up uh, two hundred bucks. I think I'm gonna cash. Okay, be like that. <laughs> I'm like, what the? Be like what? I won. You know, the old man, the old man being aggressive. So. uh <laughs> This uh, live stream game from BetMGM, a showdown between some uh, sometime Instagram model, is Robbie Jade Lou, and one-time Survivor contestant, Garrett Adelstein. Both pro poker players. Okay, so they both are pro, I guess. And uh, Adelstein looked furious, glaring at this chick, and not speaking for minutes on end. Lewis since claimed that she was pulled out of the game and forced to speak to him in a dark hallway. Anyway, so she calls him down. Before we get to all that, she calls him down. Uh, the flop comes out 10-10-9, okay, and two are clubs. So he's got a straight flush draw on the flop. Okay. So his outs are ridiculous. And he three bets to $682,000. Mm-hmm. The pot was two hundred sixty nine k pre-flop and she you know plays hollywood and she eventually calls and he's like okay she must have a you know maybe she's got a 10 ace high something like that so then the turn comes 
And her body language is 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 a little odd too. And the way she's playing this hand is a little odd. The the turn is a is a blank. It's a three of hearts. <clears throat> so uh he bets. Or no, 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 it wasn't the 682K on the bet. That was on the on the on the on the river. So anyway, it, it got up to um it was 269 before the river. Okay, so on the turn it was 269,000. That's the fourth card that's laid out. And then he three bets uh, on the river, trying to get her out of the hand. You know, he's got a huge draw. He's got a straight draw. He's got a flush draw. Uh, he's got a straight flush draw. So that's when he bets the 682. She calls with nothing. So he's the aggressor, mm-hmm. and she's calling him all the way down to the river, which is an ace of spades. And so it's a blank for neither of them. So you've got to know that somewhere on that board, the chances of somebody having something better than a jack high, you don't call a check a, down a, a jack high for like, you know, a quarter of a million dollars or whatever it is. I don't know. You don't think that maybe she thought he was, I mean, cause you, you raised that high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're bluffing. Maybe she thought he was bluffing. Yeah. But you, you have to beat the bluff. Yeah. <laughs> that That's the thing. If you're going to bluff somebody, well, I don't have anything either. <laughs> right. You, I mean, like if, if you're, that's the worst thing in the world if you're trying to beat the bluff and then you turn your cards and they might be bluffing, but they have an ace high and you have an eight high. <laughs> I knew you were bluffing. Right. You you can't show down on a bluff in the game of poker if you don't have anything to win. You don't want to sh- Like, you have to go over the top. You, you What you're trying to do is bet them out of the hand. So if you bet, let's say, you know, X on... Uh, on the river, and then they uh, they bet three times X, which you bet. They 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 raise you. Then you have to go over the top yeah. if you really want to follow through on your bet. And if they call, that's when you just say, "Ah, oh, you got it," and you throw the cards. But you have to do that, you know. Um, so she she calls them all the way down. Now there's a theory that even though these there's like an hour or two delay on these live streams. There's a theory that somebody was able to see the cards and they would buzz her. There are other hands that show that her chair moves. So they were, her chair would be buzzed when she had the better hand. That's a theory, but all signs are leaning towards that. She cheated. Now she repays this guy $269,000. But I mean, how much? I mean, to her, that's probably not that much. No, it's a lot. Yeah, she's not. She's not crazy wealthy. Well, you're rolling that deep in that kind of a poker tournament. You probably got some dough. But she's marked, mm. so she's back. That's why I brought up her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's got the cash. Mm, okay. I don't think she's got the cash because okay. she just started playing high stakes. All right. And so, uh, so this is like the biggest like cheating scandal going on right now. But they don't know how it happened. But they, no one knows, and they can't prove that she cheated. But she paid back the money. But yeah, she, I mean, that's like a sign of guilt. Yeah. You know, when you pay back the money. I or, didn't cheat, but here's your money back. So if you're, okay, <laughs> so here's my question to you guys. If you're at a poker table or in any competition with money, let's just say, and you win and the world calls you out for cheating, not just one person, but the world. I don't even think he called her out. It was the, it was the world that called her out. The internet called her out. Do you give the money back feeling like that would save face or do you say, fuck you, I didn't cheat, I'm keeping the money? 
Yeah, probably fuck you. I'm keeping the money. <laughs> I would too. $269,000. Like, fuck you people. Exactly. I, I agree. If I cheated and there was, and I knew I cheated and there was a way that it could possibly come out that I cheated, then yeah, I'd pay the money back because if, it, if it's, you know, just make it go away, right? Like if I cheated, you call me on it and then I'm like, no, I didn't cheat, but here's the money back. Hopefully it just dies down. It goes away. You don't have to worry about it. Now, if I didn't cheat, I know you're never going to find any evidence of me cheating. Yeah, go ahead and pound sand, brother. I'm keeping that 269. Well, I think once you give the money back, you're admitting that you something wasn't right. It doesn't look good. And and then, you know, they're going to investigate even more. And they're going to try to find, you know, what's going on. I mean, this 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 girl's world is going to be interrogated uh, to to the fullest. And the internet's, you know, these poker nerds are not going to let it go. Uh, you know, this game that I was at, it was, they, they had a, they had a, if you could win with Jack of clubs and four hearts, you get an extra hundred bucks. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's, a, and I didn't know the whole story. And then I looked up the story and then I watched the video and then I watched this dude break down the video. I was like, holy shit. I was like, that's pretty badass, you know? So, uh, so yeah, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, that play in house games or backroom games and stuff like that. And they, they happen all over and. It, it, it drives me insane that these, you know, in certain states like the state of Georgia, it's illegal. <laughs> Technically, it's illegal. Um, I don't know. It's not hurting anybody. It's not harming anybody. If you guys would legalize it, the the state and the, the local uh, local um, governments could make money off this. Tons of money. Surplus-esque money. You, know, you think Georgia has a surplus right now. Put a fucking casino in this state. All those people that go from that come from go from Georgia to North Carolina to the Harris up there and spend their money? You kidding me? And the jobs that it would create? Crazy. I've could said this you, for could years. you imagine how much taxes would come out of one of my poker games? You could probably fund a lunch for a child at school. Yes, you that's know what I mean. That's what we do. You talking about your rake that <laughs> yeah, you would take? Yeah, because yeah. we'd have to give we'd have to give the state of Georgia the seven dollars that they're due. But at the end of the night. There's a child that's not going hungry. See, that's what I think they should do. I think they should. Uh, I think they should, you know, well, legalize gambling. But if you're having an at-home poker game and you're going to take a rake, then you have to sign up for it, register for it. You know, you just register online. And say, I want to. I want to have poker games, and then it's up to you to just like a waitress or a bartender or something. You're going to have to 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 pay any taxes. Now, well, a lot of people not pay taxes, of course, but. You know, if you want to stay off anybody's radar, you'd, I'd pay taxes. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Yep, $7. Yeah. So whatever the rake is. So that's the one cheating scandal, which is I find very fascinating. Then there's the fishing cheating scandal. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen this? Yes. Yeah. Okay, this is crazy. Uh, Lake Erie fishing tournament rocked by cheating scandal after contestants allegedly caught stuffing fish with weights. And there's a video, a viral video, of them pulling the weights, like the weights that you'll put on your line when you, when you cast. They're, they're shoving these weights in the, they're, they're filleting the fish, they're cutting the fish, and they're shoving the weights in, and they're patching the fish back up. And then when they go and they weigh them, they're a lot heavier. There's a video of a mob of angry fishermen with the culprit as they're pulling the weights out of the thing, the guy's just standing there feeling so stupid. And I'm surprised he's in the like, You're a piece of shit. Yeah. You should be fucking killed. <laughs> you fuck. Because, I mean, these guys make, there's a lot of money in these fishing tournaments, <laughs> tons of money. And these guys were winning tournaments, but they're cheating. So now they have to go back in their history. 
and they fucked it up. You know, like even if it's like one other tournament, somebody that came in second place should have been in first place. That sucks. Their moment's been taken away from them. Screw the money. It's just the moment. Uh, because somebody has to cheat. I didn't realize how much money they make. So I yeah. read somewhere they made these two guys have cleared over two hundred fifty thousand dollars in in tournament winnings since yeah. they've been doing this, right? But you're right. I'm watching the video yesterday. I got the audio on, and my wife's not watching it, but she can hear it. And all you hear is these the Northern Michigan, <laughs> like you know, oh, we got to get somebody to press charges on these assholes, you know, and like the other guys, like I'm gonna tell them to leave. I want nobody to harm them on the way to their truck. And they're like, no, screw that. We're going to beat their ass. And you're just like, my God. <laughs> I mean, because the cheat, it, it, I don't know if they cut them up. It looks like they jammed them down their throats. Like they took those weights and just jammed them in their mouth. Well, there, they're was, walleye. there was a scene in the video where a guy's like, you already filleted it. Oh, so that, because that's why he was pulling fillets out. I yeah. couldn't understand because he pulled the weight out and then he pulled a fillet out. Yeah. Man, it just takes a lot of... And they're big weights, too. <laughs> I didn't know there were weights that big in freshwater I fishing. I didn't either. I mean, these are big ball weights. You know, I'm used to, like, just a little kind of what they used to put in the, 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 gu- the, the guns of the Civil yeah. War type weights. Yeah. You know? The one you put on with your teeth. These things were it. huge. And the guy just stood there. Like, he didn't run. He didn't leave. He was... So, I would be terrified for my life you just caught me cheating. I mm-hmm. just screwed over all these angry fisher people, and they're <laughs> surrounding me, and the guy's, like, there's no out. Like, I can't <laughs> say I didn't do this because there's no out. These are my fish that I'm handing you, and I'm standing right there. He just stood there with his hands in his pockets. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I'm screwed. But the video ends, like, you don't get a conclusion. You don't know what happens afterwards. So I don't know I- what they did to the guy. I, I mean, obviously they've been doing this a while. I don't know why they decided to go overboard on this one fish. Like, damn it, Michael, I told you, Shelly, put six in there, not well, eight. So the guy, the guy that was weighing him, I, the, he he had, he had told somebody, I don't know if it was in an interview or whatever. He said that he, everybody was coming in with like roughly the same amount of fish. So guys would have like five or six walleye. And he said everybody was weighing in at like, you know, 25 pounds, 26 pounds, 22 pounds. These guys show up and it's like... 47 pounds. <laughs> like, what, like, like dude, you off. got the same amount of fish as Brandon, Jason. How the hell is your fish? Oh, yeah, those are the fat fish. We found those over in uh, that honey hole that nobody yeah. knows about. Those ones, they're taking supplements. Like, get the hell they out like of to here, eat man. lid. Exactly. <laughs> That's weird. Chase, yeah, we, we can't. Stop leaving your fucking weights in the lake, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These are bottom feeders. Come on, they're cleaning the lake. Bill, you know this is your weight. I've seen you use it before. <laughs> Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon, they were the uh, culprits. And one of the contestants appears to question the results on stage before the video cutoff. So somebody was on to him beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. The guy was like, that fish don't weigh that much? (laughs) These guys are never fishing again. One by one, the contestants' other fish are gutted. Each of them revealed to contain items stuffed inside to add weights to the catches. The man who cut open the fish can be heard screaming, we got weights in the fish. <laughs> yeah, like you're not trying to incite a mob. <laughs> and yelling at one of the two alleged cheaters, get out of here. <laughs> the dramatic footage showed an increasingly outraged crowd gathering around the contestants, accusing them of cheating in previous tournaments, as well as uh, threatening to call the cops, saying the two men essentially stolen thousands of dollars from the competitors. I agree. Uh, disgusted guys and gals. I'm sorry for letting you down for so long. And I'm glad I caught, I'm glad 
I caught cheating taking place in your loot at the same time he posted. That was the tournament director. So he's sorry that he didn't catch him. Before. So what's the punishment for that? Like what, what you're, you're, you're judge and jury. You know, what's the punishment for that? You're banned forever. That's it. I mean, I, I thought, guess. Yeah. I thought they got a suspension. Well, you should be banned. You don't think you go to jail? Yeah, probably. You don't go to jail for that? Uh, well, yeah, I think you should go to jail too. I mean, that's, that's, it's illegal. I mean, you're scamming the system. Right, You're, I mean, I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I guess it. Yeah, it's illegal, right? I don't. What, what would it be? I mean, called? was there like rules in the book saying you can't shove, shove weights down the fish's mouth? Well, I'm sure there's some. I would imagine. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm it's, never. I'm not an angler, guys. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's not verbatim, but I, I'm assuming there's a, a some type of rule in there that's like. Your your fish have to be pure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they found a loophole. But think about how this went down. One of the guys turned to the other guy at some point in time and goes, my, <laughs> I'm broke, but I've got the best idea ever. <laughs> really? Tell me what your idea is. Okay. Well, I had a dream <laughs> and my dream said that I said, Jake, we need to put weights in the fish, <laughs> but chase that's illegal. I know Jake. <laughs> But no one will ever know, and we'll win money, and then I can buy that four wheeler from my kid. <laughs> it says in the rules, very specific. You can only put things in its mouth that come from the lake. They'll never catch us. <laughs> oh, look what I found in the lake. They'll never found weight. They'll never. They'll never catch us. This is foolproof. <laughs> yeah. hey. I already spent my twenty dollars on the bait. <laughs> You're walking up with a walleye over your shoulder. Holy crap! This thing's. <laughs> <laughs> got like a brick in it. Yeah, damn it, Jake. You got too much weight in it. I can't carry it to the scale. Jake, I told you, just put one weight in. That's all we need. Why did you put 15? I can barely carry this up to the tournament director. It's got a wheelbarrow with one fish in it. <laughs> and they're not big fish. They're like five, six inches long. <laughs> He's using it as, as his anchor. It's <laughs> like... Hey, 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 Jake, go go find some help, man. I can't carry this fish by myself. Hey, why is y'all fishing there, baby? <laughs> oh, my God. The boat's taking on water when they pull up. <laughs> what the hell's in your boat? The only way to, they, they have them all gaffed on the side, just dragging them. <laughs> but, I mean, you, like, you have to be really, I mean, that's that's legit you're a bad person. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to, like, cheat where you go, like, if you're a golfer, right, and you hit the ball a little, you know, off whatever it's called, I don't know, I'm not a golfer, and then you kind of just kick it back in, and you're just playing with the fellas and stuff. And that's cheating, but it's kind of a little white lie, a little fibby kind of cheat. Not if it's for money, though. But see, yeah, if it's for money, it's any time you add money, I mean, going back to the poker thing, like, you can sit at a, a friendly game um, even well, most poker games there is money, but you know, even if it's a friendly game without any high stakes like that, and somebody screws up and you know table talks or divulges a card or something like that, it's not as stressful. You're like, that's ah, all good, man. Don't worry about it. Folds out a turn, something like that. You know, it's like okay, it's a friendly game. You're not you're not going to beat them up for it. But when you call down with Jack Four offsuit, you've got nothing on the board. You got a quarter of a million dollars in the pot. There's something fucking going on, right? You know, you're putting weights in fish to win, again, thousands of dollars. 
there's something going on. And these two guys are, are bad dudes because they have to come up with the idea. It's not like one day they were just like, hey, put that weight in there. Let's see what happens. This is this is a very strategic, <laughs> cerebral plan of winning your fit. No one's ever thought of this. Like, that's got to be like the oldest trick in the book. Right? And they just, <laughs> and you know, they just kept every, every time they'd win, they just put like more weights in, you know? Yeah. So I mean, like the first time he was like, hey man, put that rock in its mouth. And then like next time he's like, hey man, what if put a fish inside of another fish? And then like, just keep, and then by the time they get caught, it's like, well, dude, I told you, don't put the fucking anchor in it. You know, it's like, I saw my it's bad. Like an, it's like an addiction, you know, where he's like, I'm just going to start off with a handful of peanuts. These peanuts are really good. I want to put them in a bowl. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got a fucking trash bag full of peanuts. You can't stop eating them. <laughs> it's an addiction. Oh, man, it worked in those other four tournaments. It'll work here. Let's just shove them all in there. Not a problem. I'd love to interview. Brandon, get one of those guys on the podcast. The cheaters or the I'm one trying. that caught them? Either way. Uh, either one. I don't care. Just give, give me somebody that was at that... That that Salem witch hunt lynching. <laughs> exactly. That's what, That's what it looked like, right? <laughs> Kill them! They're the devil's people! <laughs> I watched, uh, we had a Hocus Pocus two night the other night, you know, uh, my wife and daughter and her friends, and I was never a Hocus Pocus fan. You know, obviously it's not my cup of tea, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They're all getting around the TV. I was like, you know, I'll come out of hiding downstairs and, I'll watch it with them, and my wife did a bunch of snacks and hocus-pocus type, you know, witchy type of fall things. It was really, it's cool, cool family thing. We're not going to have too many of these with our daughter going off to college next year. And at the beginning, you know, they're like, they show the witches when they were little girls and in Salem, and now they wanted to, the, the, you know, like, they're the devil! <laughs> the spiders! You gotta hang them! You know, that's what they did, right? In Salem, you know. Now, the, the real backstory behind the Salem witch hunt was they're not necessarily witches, but they were women within the Catholic religion, and the men in the Catholic religion did not want women coming into power. So they devised, they, they came up with this plan of calling them witches in order to get them out of any type of power that they would have in the Catholic Church. Uh, I think it was the Catholic Church. So mm, uh, I've heard a lot of things about that. I also heard that it was because men, you know, they, they'd be in relationships with women. And back then it was kind of uh, frowned upon to get divorced or to, you know, whatever. So they wanted to, like, hook up with other chicks. So, like, he'd be done with this relationship. You're like, yeah, I think she's a witch. <laughs> and then everybody's like, oh, she's a witch. Burn her at the stake. And then he's all like, so, Nicole, now that that's over, uh, can we go out tomorrow night? Can, can Brandon, you're the single guy. Can you please, the next time you're with, a, if you ever are with a female, I don't know, we've never seen you with one, but if you get into a, some type of relationship and you want to break up with her, would you please call her a witch? Okay. <laughs> when she asked, what's wrong? I thought everything was so good. I think you're a witch. <laughs> I've already told all my friends, so this is pretty much over. And you know, where we live in Georgia, lynchings are not unusual. <laughs> So I think we're going to kind of burn you at the stake or we're going to hang you. It's your choice. You have three, you have three hours. We have we had some good times. But just admit to you're a witch. Okay? Okay? I noticed my penis not always getting big around you. I think you cursed it. So anyway, those are the cheating scandals. All right. Uh, let's do better with... Fuck. Let me find my spot here.
Okay. Now this is a very, this will make, make people feel uncomfortable. This better with fuck this week. Uh, I usually like to take a said topic, something that we're discussing or something that's relevant in the, in the news, in the world or my life or somebody on the show's life and do the better with fuck around that. And that's why this week I picked mother Teresa. Whatever we do, it's better with fuck. What? Everything's better with the fuck. Okay. I'm going to visit my mother after 15 years. And I was trying to think of some audio I could grab where I could insert the word fuck at the right moments that had to do with something with a mother. And the first thing that came to my mind was the greatest mother of all. Now it'd be one mother Teresa because she did so much good for the world. Now, unfortunately with this bit, it's not going to come across good. So if this offends you, I would stop listening to the podcast right now. Um, what up? Yeah. Did, did you, did you do chef Eric and Nicole? No, but I'm about to. Thank oh, you for my reminding bad. me. Uh, <laughs> I, I would never forget chef Eric and Nicole. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for reminding me, though. Um, anyway, so Mother Teresa. You're familiar with Mother Teresa? Vaguely. What do you mean vaguely? That was a joke. Oh, okay. Brandon, you're familiar with Mother Teresa. Now, this is not, she didn't live in a shoe. This is a different mother. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Now I know which one we're talking about. Okay. This is the, you know, she's a nun, right? She's She takes on the name Mother Teresa. She helps out the world, so on and so forth. Um, are you ready to give a fuck about your health? This is where Chef Erica comes in. Okay, because she sponsors the segment. Then check out Chef Erica, ericanicoleday.com, experienced culinary medicine consultant and private chef with medical and high-end restaurant background, available for consulting on meal planning, for weight loss, helping with medical conditions or strict macro, for bodybuilding, fitness training, etc. You name it. You need help in that category, ericanicoleday.com. That's where you go. She's great people. She's going to be out at Podcast Pours too. Her husband, who owns Hobo Fire, he's in a haunted vendor village. So you can go and see him and them and her and see what Hobo Fire is all about as well. They put uh, stuff on shirts and clothes and stuff like that. Mm. So anyway, back to Mother Teresa. Because I'm going to visit my mother, I figured I'd find some content with mothers in it. So this is a biography. Everybody's gotten weird and silent and awkward. <laughs> I don't know where it's going. I don't know what you're going to bring. Well, so I'm doing better with fuck with a biography on Mother Teresa. Yeah, but maybe it's not offensive. Okay, I'm just I'm just forewarning. It's like, you know, you, every nowadays you got to put, there's smoking in this episode. You got to tell people everything. So in order to kind of save your ass. It's uncomfortable until you get to the content. Okay. So Brandon, Chuck, rate one to 10, 10 being the best. The best one that wins gets played again. And it's very, very happy. So this is a biography that I found from Mother Teresa. And uh, I found the best places to insert the, uh, the F word. Here we go. Mother Teresa was baptized Agnes Gonja Boyajiu in Skopje, Macedonia around August 26, 1910. Born of Albanian descent, she joined the Loretto sisters of Dublin, Ireland at the age of 18. Mm-hmm. All right, so Mother Teresa fucked the Loretto sisters at the age of 18. Who knew? <laughs> The uh, I don't even think that was English the first part, but that I like how the fuck was you know in the English part. Yeah, I give it a. It's kind of Squid Games in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> I give it a. I give it a seven to start off. Okay, I gotta write this down. Seven to start off. 
Okay, Chuck. As Mother Teresa was most likely known for abstinence, um, I'm going to say a three. No, you, there's no threes in this game. Okay. Four. But no, 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 there's no fours. We don't Five. go below six. Okay. Six. I'll give it a six. You're not basing it off of how you feel about Mother Teresa. You're basing it off of the insertion of fuck. Uh, I'm going to go six. Okay. The, there's never been a three or four in this game. I have my own thoughts, Jason. Well, and I don't like them. <laughs> Here's the second one. In 1931, Mother Teresa traveled to Calcutta, India to at an all-girls high school. But on September 10, 1946, a second calling from Christ led Mother Teresa to leave her convent and devote herself to fucking with the poorest of the poor. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) Come on, that was good. You got, I mean, for entertainment purposes, that was pretty fucking funny. (laughs) I gotta go to church Sunday. You guys don't even know Mother Teresa. Come on. Thank you. Give it a nine and a half. Okay. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate Now, that's where you come in on the show. You appreciate some good, funny shit. Chuck. Oh. A three, two, one. I don't know if you can top it. I'll give you a nine. <laughs> nine. That was well. That was well done. Well edited. Thank you. That's about it. Yeah. I play. It's an emotional roller coaster. I play with you guys throughout these different <laughs> clips. Uh, okay. Here's the last one. Mother Teresa is one of the great humanitarians of the 20th century because of her ability to fuck <laughs> those who were the most vulnerable in society. A dude, quick to the point. But Mother Teresa giving it up to the vulnerability people. Yeah. I still like her fucking with poor people. I'm going to have to give this one an eight. Okay. And Chuck. For the win, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, because of how slow he spoke Mm -hmm. and how well it was Mm -hmm. um, delivered, 10. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's still not a win. Yeah. Was that on a win? Yeah. Did you take math when you're in Tijuana? What do you mean? <laughs> well, 10 plus 8 is 18. 9 plus 9 and a half is 18 and a half. Yeah. Wait. Mm-hmm. I'll so. give it a 13. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go higher than 10, so you lose. So the set and the reason why he's doing that is because he doesn't want to hear the second one again. I know that's why he's doing it. Am I right? I had to be strategic I, and not say I think, nine. I, I, I think I think you're I think you're you're trying to play play the game here with me. I'm helping your audience, man. What do you mean you're helping my audience? The second <laughs> one was a gem. No, they like the third one better. Well, the second one wins, so that one... <laughs> Get to hear that one again. Here it is. In 1931, Mother Teresa traveled to Calcutta, India to <laughs> at an all-girls high school. But on September 10, 1946, a second calling from Christ led Mother Teresa to leave her convent and devote herself to fucking with the poorest of the poor. <laughs> the ing gets you, doesn't it? The chop of the ing. The fucking. <laughs> they call them the poorest of the poor. It's like these people are poor. They're dirt. <laughs> it doesn't get much doesn't get much poorer than these people. And Mother Teresa's out there fucking them all. <laughs> all right, because you like the last one, I'll play that one again. Mother Teresa is one of the great humanitarians of the 20th century because of her ability to fuck those who were the most vulnerable in society. That was good, but number two is rock star shit. (laughs) Really, really good. (sighs) Okay. Uh, Podcast of the BS.com. 
Yes, uh, that's where you go to get your tickets for Podcast and Pours 2 going into a weekend. There's only a couple more weekends before Halliversary, so let's get your tickets uh, this weekend if we haven't already. I know there's a lot of people. Uh, it's, it's different when it's your party, right? You're in charge of the tickets. You're in charge of everything. Like, for my entire career, I've been a part of events like this, but I haven't been the one looking at ticket sales or responding to messages to people that have questions and stuff like that for the most part. This one's been very interesting to learn. I announced this thing way early, and I did that on purpose so many of you with kids especially would be able to get a babysitter because October 29th, that's Saturday night when we're doing uh, Halliversary at, at Tanner Room Buford, that's the night for adults to celebrate Halloween. So I wanted to get to you ahead of time so you could make plans. Not only get your babysitter, but if you're asked to go somewhere else, say, go fuck yourself. I'm going to Bailey's thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then I was like, well, what can I do to entice them? I mean, I don't think I'm enough or the show's enough. So I'm going to book the Verve Pipe to play a Halloween party. That's pretty cool. How do I make it even better? Well, let me get Distinct Grace to come out and perform. How do you make it even better? We might have a little person performing Metallica and such. How do you make it better? Not have have not only one but two Halloween costume contests, right? Um, yeah, that one too. This is more Halloween costume contest. How do you make it bigger and better? Give away five hundred dollars, uh, winner take all for each. Everybody gets something. By the way, if you want to get into the dollar store and reach out to me ahead of time, you got to enter before. Uh, the night. So you can go to podcastthebs.com. There's information on there. We have a haunted vendor village. I'll take a couple more sponsors. We got great sponsors already. I think I've already named them, but uh, let me through, run through them again. The Georgia Hemp Company, Inspect All Pest Services, Hobo Fire, Watkins Law Firm, My Karma Creations. Uh, new BS merchandise will be available in the haunted vendor village. Distinct Grace will have a table over there with their new CD. They're releasing new music almost every week. Uh, you can get on iTunes, right? Uh, you can get, just search Distinct Grace, and it's fantastic new music off this album. We've got uh, our friend Michelle Siborowski, the social media influencer, also Chuck's babysitter. <laughs> That's a lot of you perverts could not stop Googling her pictures. Um, As the man who looked at her middle school cheerleading outfits. <laughs> That's what said way out of context, by the way. So if you didn't hear that episode, you go back and listen to that episode. She's flying in from LA for our party. So is she babysitting or is she coming? She's coming. She's coming. Oh, okay. She's coming with her boyfriend. What I call her boyfriend? Uh, Gabe. 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 A Gabe. Gabe Lincoln. Yes. (laughs) Honest Gabe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a lot going on. You know, VIP tickets. Uh, Already half sold out. Uh, free food. So you don't have to worry about dinner. Got you for food. You get a free drink ticket, too. So get on that if you want that. GA is just as good, right? You might not be getting the free food. Food will be available. You can buy it if you're hungry. You might not even be hungry. But still, you're right there front and center for all the festivities that are going up there. You get there early enough, like because this starts right after the UGA game, which they're playing, which you can go to and watch for free. Just make sure you have your ticket on your phone or you print it out so you can stay. Uh, but uh, we'll do a live recording of uh, the BS, a special one, just for podcast and pours, too. We'll all be in costume. My costume's in. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. I am looking for one piece of the costume. I'm not very happy with the piece that I have. I've got to find that. It's amazing that I cannot find zoot suit style 
pinstripe dress pants. Can't find them anywhere. Isn't that weird? That seems... I don't think it is weird. I don't know what that is. Well, you, when I, you want the pleated ones, right? Yeah. Like, zoot, you know what a zoot suit is? Uh-uh. No. Like, from the swing days, you know, where you'd have the baggy suits. The big, oh, okay. Yeah, zoot suit. Zoot suit riot, you know. Zoot suit riot. You ever watch Swingers? They're all kind of zoot. It was a trend for a while more on the West Coast. By the time it made it to the East Coast, it, it was in and it was out. Um, but my costume... Part of it, as everybody knows, I mix two different people. So part of my costume is dealing with somebody that dates back, not necessarily to the 20s or 30s, but more to the 50s. And I just need baggy pinstripe dress pants. MC Hammerhead Shark. No, <laughs> it is not that. All right. Uh, so again, podcastbs.com. I hope this weekend is big for tickets. And then, oh, by the way, uh, hotel. We've got a hotel nearby that's got a block of rooms. I don't know how many are left, but at a discounted rate, I've booked my room there. Um, you can uh, you can go to our Facebook page. The top of our Facebook page is pinned with the link. Eventually, next week, it'll be on our website. We just got to wait for Nate or Tater to get back because I don't know how to do all that stuff. I mean, I'm sure I could figure it out, but I'm sure I'd fuck it up in the process. So with that being said, Brandon, do you have anything? If you're going to cheat, don't overcheat. Yes, that's very good advice. Very, oh, here's another thing with the merchandise. We just got another piece of merchandise in our merch store taken down. Oh, which one? God wears a tank top. For some reason, oh. that's bad. I don't, I don't like religion. I hate I not. How do they know God didn't wear a tank top? Like, no, that's saying. my question. That's what I want to reply back to him, too. I'm like, how do you know that God does not wear a tank top? For the Catholic Church and a cease and desist? I have no idea. I've got to deal with those. And I've got to deal with the uh, podcast people because there's a piece of content that was in our podcast that it's up for review and we could get banned or I don't know, some shit. So anyway, Chuck. Um, I do have a pair of pants that you can borrow. I'm 5'9". You're like 7'2". Yeah. But you're welcome to them. Okay. Were they when you were fat? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, because I'm, I'm a little bit bigger than you. Might be a little tight. Yeah, yeah I need the baggy aspect of it. Uh, have yourself a great, safe weekend. You're going to be doing some drinking. Understand, we get it. Uh, if you've had too much, please do not get behind the wheel of a car. I've lost way too many friends like that. Good luck with your fantasy football. Good luck with your prop bets. Good luck with your bet bets. Uh, if you want any fantasy football advice, myself, Randy Cross, three-time Super Bowl champion of the San Francisco 49ers, we do our best with a new show that we've added to the network, The Fantasy Replacements, which uh, we release every Thursday. I don't want to say the word drop. I hate that word. Dropping episodes every Thursday. Yeah. So we release the episode every Thursday. So this week's episode is up on the network for premium two percenters. If you're not a subscriber, we ask that you subscribe. One, you help us out tremendously. And two, you get your episodes commercial free. And three, you get them before anybody else. And four, you get exclusive giveaways. Because this weekend, I'm about to give away some podcast and pours two tickets to some two percenters. So make sure you're checking your emails. All right. With that being said, thanks for the support. Keep sharing our stuff. Uh, like us and share and do all that stuff on social media, please. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastbs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.